Hey, this is Felix Liu of Felix Comic Art. I'm a huge fan of 11 O'Clock Comics, and you're listening to the 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast. My man. <laughs> absolutely perfect love it mm. right you're enthusiastic <laughs> uh, yeah I guess I kind of am after what we just experienced who wouldn't be seriously I mean yeah, straight <laughs> at this point I mean I really 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 hope that uh, <gasps> that well I don't even care if, if, if Matt lets us know but I, I, I hope you know your folks on in the Facebook group or anybody who hasn't who didn't back it Let's us know that um, you know they they hit up Matt Setsy store and and had to get the book for themselves after we talked about it. I mean we've they've we've shown some pages. You saw you you showed them pages in your best thing I read this week, Jason, and mm-hmm. and the slackers have been showing pages to to, to entice other people. But uh, yeah, no, this is it's it's a fantastic thing, man. I really love it. Yeah, that's the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Look at this. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 759. And I'm Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed. Indeed you are. And you are my time-traveling bros, because I am Manfred the Man Machine. Aw, look at you. I wonder why he said that. Conceptual continuity. I love it when it all comes together. You're not Manfred. You're Jason Wood, everybody, together on this. A very special episode because not only are we going to get into the comics talk, uh, like the regular shenanigans, we have a guest this time around. And we'll let you know who that guest is. Well, you already know because you read the the damn featured image (laughs) thing. But uh, we'll let you know who that guest is shortly. But first, I got to tell you, if you want to get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying, there's only one place to go, and that's Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. It's all one word, dcbservice.com, where you get your books, you get them fast, and deliver straight to your door. Such as, the list of specials are up. Here's the three Number one, from Aftershock, it's Croak, the first issue, uh, written by Paul Tobin, art by Andy McDonald, looks awesome. It's, uh, the premise is uh, something about the weaponizing of dreams, and uh, doing so resulted in holes being punched through the world we know and into the world of dreams. And now shit from the world of dreams is spilling out into the waking world. I'm intrigued. I need to have this. Uh, as I said, it's from Aftershock. It's four ninety nine. Seems like a trend these days. Books are getting more expensive, but uh, I think this one will be worth it. But you're not going to pay four ninety nine. You are going to pay half that, two dollars and forty nine cents. Over at Image, the long overdue return of Jim Mafood to his uh, signature property, Girl Scouts. This is Girl Scouts Stone Ghost number one of six. And, um, well, if you've uh, ever read Girl Scouts, you know what to expect. It's uh, it's in keeping with the stuff we're going to talk about tonight. But this is retail for $3.99. You can bring it home for $1.99. 
That's 50% off again. And last, but certainly not least, the cheesecake abounds over at Dynamite because they are bringing us another iteration of Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, number one. This one is written by Stephen Mooney with art by Jethro Morales. And there's a shit ton of people doing covers. Uh, Linsner, uh, Perillo, Besh, Arthur Soydem, Cohen, Mooney, they even have a cosplay cover. Uh, if you're so inclined, but uh, standard price for a dynamite book, three ninety nine, you can bag and board it for a dollar ninety nine. Can't beat it. Well, you read it first, and then you bag and board it. Uh, DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your books tiptoed gingerly to your door by someone who loves you because they're bringing you comic books. DCBService.com. Word. Whoop. It's like you've been doing this for a while. I love this part. I love doing the DCB service thing. You do. You do it so it well. Shows. Yeah. Well, we should mention too. Oh, go ahead. No, it's autopilot at this point. I just try and find semi-creative ways of saying the same thing. Basic word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that uh, it should be mentioned to uh, the folks listening that. Uh, our interview is terrific, uh, but it isn't like most of our interview shows in that uh, it doesn't take up the whole episode. Right. It's going to be uh, dropped in very shortly. Yes. Um, but uh, the thing that, that we get into it in the interview, but the thing that, that baffled us was the subject of our interview. This is his first comic. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. And I, I thought while we were talking, I said, this must have been how it was for those sports people to talk to Tiger Woods back in the day. Right? Because you got this guy that's extremely proficient at what he does. Uh, creative, uh, experimental, just like a, a basically a renaissance man when it comes to comics. Like everything that I want to see and read and experience in a comic was in this thing. Right. And yes, he's teamed with another uh, very talented individual. But but the ideas had to come from somewhere. And for a book like this to just be dropped in our laps, fully formed from out of nowhere, I don't think something like this is is ever going to happen again to this degree, because, uh, again, no hyperbole. This book is very, very special. And uh, we recognized it immediately. And I hope you did too by buying into the Kickstarter. But if you didn't and you like what you hear, there are, there's information in the, inf- in the interview that can direct you to getting your hands on a copy of this. And, and I suggest you do because, again, it's one of those lightning strikes once in a million moments that uh, you just, you're just going to want to experience yourself. Don't believe us. Uh, proof is in the pudding. Buy it. Read it, and if it's not one of the most blisteringly creative books you've ever read, then I, I you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, uh, without further ado, here is our interview with the awesome Matt King, author of Tales to Enlighten. We'll be back when this is all over for the usual things. But uh, enjoy this. See you on the other side. As we uh, hinted in the uh, little bit that you just heard, we have a guest tonight. Uh, A very special guest. 
because uh, he has written a book that set all three of our worlds on fire collectively. Uh, came out of left field, and it is everything that uh, we like to see in a book. It's littered with sex and death and enlightenment, right? Because that's the only way you get there is through sex and death. And it's called Tales to Enlighten. It's a very successful Kickstarter. It is a massive slab of a book. And we have the writer of said tome here with us tonight. Everybody give it up for Matt King. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, that was an evil laugh. <laughs> Fitting. So, uh, congratulations on this, man. It is just an amazing piece of work. Well, first of all, thank you very much. And I love that all three of you guys were in on the Kickstarter. So that's cool. Oh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I've been real uh, hands off on Kickstarter lately. Well, lately meaning a couple of years now. And it's very rare that something will come by where I'll just click fucking pledge like as soon as I see it. And this <laughs> this was one of those. I, I, I knew I had to have it. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, um, I don't, maybe, maybe you guys remember, I don't remember, someone turned us on to this, right? Like someone said, hey, check out this Kickstarter, it looks kind of cool. Yeah, me. Was it Dan- Was it D-Dub? Was it Daniel? It was me. He may have mentioned it since, he, of course, he has a pinup in it. Um, I feel like, he, I think maybe on the Facebook group page, but I remember okay. seeing the email from Vince that he backed it. That led me down to um, to Kickstarter. Um, and of course, I, I, I went through the... Uh, the tears and i had to get the one with the uh the mini prologue and um i wanted the t-shirt but i was just like it that's i i, I if i bring home another t-shirt my wife will kick my ass so i'm like let me just let me stick with the paper well you could wear it in, at those meetings you go to that would have been great that is true <laughs> but yeah, yeah i mean so we, obviously you said yeah so so we all back go ahead jason no i was gonna say i mean um unlike vince matt i back a lot of kickstarters and i just remember though that uh Dick. Right? No, I mean you. No, it's not. There's it's no true. pejorative there. You, it's true. you don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. And and the thing about this that I I remember is that uh, whoever turned us on to it, whether it was Vince backing it and telling us, or I don't remember if it was him or Dida, but but um, like the 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 Kickstarter campaign, like the way you constructed it was very very well done in terms of like presenting the book, the ideas, the visuals, and so uh, it it, it kind of baffles me to find out that uh, you're 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 like a total noob at this because it, it just seemed like you kind of had some experience on the, on the marketing end of things. But uh, do, you, do you do marketing like in your, in your, in your shoot life, in your real life as a job or is that? No, no construction. Oh, okay. <laughs> Roofing. Just, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It's like this, crazy. Like, All right. This, this crazy headset I'm wearing is very alien. So oh, wow. it, feels, it feels very weird. <laughs> so guys, do you th- I mean, I guess normally when we have someone on, you know, we obviously we, we, we know a bit about the, the the creators and and your history with it but this is all new so why don't you why don't you start by i mean this is your first comic work so yeah tell us about how how you got into to comics and 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 like the germination of deciding to to make a book that i i i could shudder to think how long it took you and and james to to make this book yeah and that's and and yeah and how i mean what is how do you know james edward clark how did this relationship yeah. Come together because I mean this is this is a perfect marriage between words and pictures. <laughs> oh man, um, so been into comics like forever, um, probably as old as you guys. Um, 
buying comics. As far as how I met James, he was on Tumblr, and I just really was into his stuff. I had been buying commissions from him, talking to him, and then he posted he had done a, like a zine for somebody on commission. And I was like, oh, man, you could commission an artist to do page-by-page work, I guess. So I reached out, and he said he, uh, he was down for it. So, um, I mean, the guy's the greatest, so <laughs> I love his work. Yeah, he's pretty incredible. And, and the thing that boggles my mind is only having seen his work recently, like with this book, like where has this guy been? All my life. He's, in my opinion, he's fully formed. Like, there's no growth needed with this at all. I'm sure it'll happen as he makes more comics. He'll get even better. But from my vantage point, looking at this work right now, it is just amazing. Uh, it's baffling that somebody could just fall into your lap that is just this amazing and you've, like, you've never heard of them before. Like I said, he was on Tumblr. He's always doing commissions. He's, I mean, if you look at him on Instagram now, he grinds it out every day. He's always Hell taking yeah. commissions. Yep. I mean, um, he's got his own series that he'd been working on. Uh, it's called Evil. Uh, five issues. Uh, I think only three of them have been published. And uh, I think he's going to get a Kickstarter together for the collection real soon. So oh, nice. There'll be another nice. book right out the gate. But, but to, to Vince's but, point, it, it's still baffling. Like, like you, it's almost like you guys hit the lottery of creativity because, like, you know, there are a ton of people out there, uh, like you said, on Instagram or I guess in prior times, uh, DeviantArt or, or Tumblr, but but more likely Instagram these days that are out there, you know, doing commissions and 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 trying to trying to crack into the industry. And then we see a lot of indie comics, including some by our listeners and friends, that they're awesome ideas. And, um, you know, it's great that they come alive, but the art is not fully formed. You know, it's like you, you, you see the, the germination of ideas and you think that this artist, as they get as they get better, can can evolve into something special. But they're not really special at, at the outset. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it, like Vince said, I mean, I think I think the thing that stuns me about this book uh, above all else is it just seems so um, just professionally put together from the editing to the interstitials to the little like the little liner notes and editor like it just i don't know it seems like something how how long take us back to when did you decide to try your hand at writing a comic how long ago and and how how long did you and and james take to finally to get this all together so i think i hit him up at um near the beginning of 2017 we started this so it's been like four and a half years probably Mm mm-hmm uh, um so we've been <laughs> working on it for quite a while were you always i mean was was the book that w- we had a chance to read the idea that you had in your head in 2017 no um okay well i mean the first part of it was so the whole i like i was just gonna commission him to do a like a um like a 24 22 page we're gonna do a straight up bootleg comic with some of the characters you might recognize yeah, from the book. <laughs> but um, then it, I just kept building it and building it and probably maybe too much. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we ended up with like 150, 160 pages of, uh, of pretty great stuff, I think. And then, you know, I, I, I kept getting commissions for pinup people and 
I have like a hundred backup stories too, and I was like, "There's just too much here to put in one book." Literally, it'd be like, "So this book is 310 pages altogether," and I think it would have been twice that size. So, wow, cut a lot of stuff, and we're just gonna come back with a a book two, but yeah, it's but it's just basically all. Um, what did I call it in the back there? I called it like um, sequels, prequels, uh, spinoffs, and side stories. So it's it's like twenty two artists, twenty three stories in the next one. Yeah. So yeah, but, more an anthology. Like yeah, say. yeah, correct. Uh, when can we expect that? Um. So the Kickstarter for this one ran April first, twenty twenty one. I'd like to do the same thing in twenty twenty two. I'd like to get. Um, an April Kickstarter going. Awesome. Love it. So, yeah. Al, how, as far as, um, I mean, almost half the book is, is of course, a pinup. So did you, <laughs> did, I mean, where, did, did you, how did, how did the pinups come about? Did people read, did you send proofs of this to people to read and then they, or are these no. friends? No, no, I was way, I was way too secretive. I couldn't, I couldn't let any of it out. I okay. just sent char- character designs and stuff, and um, maybe a paragraph describing what the hell was going on. But um, yeah, I just really couldn't stop. That was, that's why there's so many. That's, that's a cool funny. idea because then the uh, the creators on the other end are inspired not by what has come before but like mixing their own identity in with your concepts that's a really neat way well, to do it 100 percent. i wanted their identity to show through like I, you know they people ask me I'm, like, I'm not an art director you know i said this is what it's about do whatever you want you know so mm-hmm. that was you're, you're incredibly canny for never having done this before <laughs> thanks <laughs> I guess. No, it's, it's it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've been reading comics for you know forty years, so um, you know all the the ads. You know, there's the the D and D ad, and there's the the wrong oh. Space Night ad. There's, the you know, the Mega Force ad. Yeah, the Mega Force I mean, ad. I mean, I mean, every, even even in the and the and the mixtapes in the back, man. I just yeah, I, I was. I'm sitting here smiling over the ads almost as much as I am as the actual story and, and the crazy shit Sam and Manford are going through. Well, as you know, I could barely connect to Skype, so I don't have the technical know-how to how to do it. <laughs> but I would scan, the, say, the Megaforce ad, and I told James what I was looking for. You know, he did the art, and then I'd send it over to my brother, who is like a Photoshop wizard. That's his day job. So he, you know, could make it all work for me. Like so, those ads in the back with the mixtapes and stuff, of course, were like the Columbia Record Club ads yeah. back in the day. And I always just said, "This is what I want. <laughs> Can you make a stack of all these tapes with my name on it instead?" You know, I'm sure he wants to kill me, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I gotta say, I near shit my pants over Arachnid Dad. That is the most ridiculous. <laughs> that you still have. Uh, uh, the the spider-man analog crying over uncle ben but well, it's, that yes. one, yeah that, that that one was actually james's idea i'm not going to steal the credit for that oh uh, it's amazing that strip was his was i think of all the strips on that page that was his so yeah it's 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 just <laughs> ridiculous but the the thing about james too is that he uses all the mechanics of comics like the he has stuff 
exploding out of a panel into another. He uses visual cues like the the drippy arrow when mm-hmm. um, Susie's getting pounded by the analog Namor. <laughs> he uses the, the 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 vocabulary of comics very very well. Right. Well, we're you know we're lifting that stuff right out of the old books. You know. Right. I mean, on the, think of the first page where it says. Um, the arrow with it says the party begins on page two. That was actually out of a, um, I mean, we recreated it, but literally that same sort of arrow was in a either uh, Son of Satan issue or was it Marvel Spotlight he was in? First? Uh, yeah. But yes, it was out of yeah. one of those. I mean, it literally says the party begins. It's like a complete reference to that issue. So. Right, but don't sell yourself short. You have to know that stuff oh, exists, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, I. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, are, are do you do you hit up the cons when 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 cons are a thing? I mean, is it how, how do you go back issue diving? Do you kind of just uh, oh yeah, I have oh. I have a lot of back issues, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I would. I mean, so my my other buddy actually owned a, a comic store, so I worked at the shows for him all the time. You know, selling comics. So I was on, I've been on both sides of the table. Nice, but where, not as where, where not are you as from a that? Not as a creator. Um, I'm up in Massachusetts. Nice. Oh, neat. So did you, I mean, so it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you're, you are about our age. I, I assumed, I guess because it's your first, first work, I assumed you were a young buck. But uh, no. So you grew up sort of in the same kind of era as us, li- li- you know, loving the, you know, more the Bronze Age and all that Abs- stuff. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nice. How much, like, what was your, what was your collaboration with, with, with James in terms of like style? Did you, because like, you know, obviously so much of this book are like these gobsmacking visuals like like when Mr. and Mrs. Rod Ricardo, I mean when when she's getting pounded by the the Namor variant and she's invisible and you can, I mean it's <laughs> like 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 obviously that's so I'm just curious like how much um how much cuz you just said you're not an art director like how how would you lay out a a, a page with with, with uh, how specific were you in in terms of what you wanted to see so uh that page in particular you could go to the digital version and find my quote layout where I, um, I had like a couple things on there and then panels that just said sex. <laughs> and, and, he, and he took it from there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I wrote the script, but, you know, I, I, I went to him because I really like his stuff, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like, like little things like, like, did you, I don't know, were, did you make them all Cyclopses or was that yes. his doing? Yeah. No, okay. that was my idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way we could have the our our thing character have two eyes that would be ugly in their world right right <laughs> well that scene with the king of the seamen and mm-hmm. uh uh susie that has played <laughs> oh pretty much constantly in, in my brain since i've been like maybe 12 but <laughs> but it it's not you know this fish man it's me doing it so yeah but i got it well, that there's a resemblance yeah well a little bit yeah I wish the. Well, I, think um, you could get, I think you could get James for fifty bucks to draw it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fifty bucks Canadian, Vince. Now, well, while we're on the subject of of the the sex and the violence, uh, was there any point in the production of this book where you thought, "Yeah, that's maybe going a little too far"? Um, not really. Great. No. Yeah. Good. Be- <laughs> It, I, mean, I mean, it's when babies are being eaten as a meal while there are pigs having yeah, sex that, with women. It's that might like, be the most questionable. Yeah, thing. I, I call it 
Get that page. You're all in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, pigalingus is is my term. I just came up with yeah. it. When you tell James, like, did he ever say bruh? Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, he just yeah. no, he just took it up. No. He uh, never. He never tried to talk me off the ledge. Some people are down to fuck. He's down to draw, huh? Like the. Yeah. It's refreshingly unfettered, and and I think that's one of the things I like the most about it is because there are a lot of subjects in here that uh, people hold very dearly, right? <laughs> you know, and you mm-hmm. just drag them through the mud, and uh, I I love that when when you just don't hesitate to create something the way you believe it should be created. Uh, reception be damned like you know well well that's the that's the whole thing is you know i wanted to make a book james was available i put my money where my mouth is i said fuck it i don't care about you know what these people do for pinups or whatever it's just people um i really respect and and i just want them to do the best that they can and we'll put it out and if it if it fails, oh fucking well. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, that's in my mind. That's true creation because you're not beholden to a publisher. You're not beholden to any ad people or or you know um, people footing the bill for it while you work. It, it, all you had to do was appease your kickstarters, and they knew what they were getting from the jump. Right. So it, I tried, it, Yeah, I tried to make that page pretty informative. That you know it wasn't for everybody, but if right. you dig this, then. Yeah. Welcome aboard. Join our cult. Very, very much respect. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's very, uh, beautiful to see creation on this level where it's just making the thing for the th- sake of the thing where, you know, it, it, this is obviously not Marvel or DC, <laughs> although, although there are homages to it in there. But, um, <laughs> uh, I, again, I just like how, much of a slap in the face it is to many many things that people hold i think a little bit too too dearly right if you can't laugh about or at least uh, you know make a couple jokes about your belief system then your belief system sucks right <laughs> if it crumbles Agreed. that easily then maybe you should look at the foundation of that thing but whatever right let's <laughs> let's move in a different direction <laughs> I, I think you're right though right it's like i think the reason this probably this book appealed to all of us as much as it did is that um, it really does uh, tear down a lot of the things that, uh, you know, are like held so delicately, including like comics fandom, right? Like it's that's oh, the sure. best part about it is it's clear that you guys are huge comic fans, but you also are una- unapologetically parodying and, you know, taking away the cult of all of it and and, uh, you know, taking its clothes off. And I, I love that because, you know, we've spent. Like like all of us on this call, we spent decades reading these kinds of comics, and obviously we, you, no one would do that for as long as we've all done it if we didn't enjoy them for what they are. But when parody is done really well, satire is done well. It's it's exceptionally entertaining, and I think the other thing about this is that th- this is, and I don't know how to codify it. I mean, I wish I could, but but this was done so well. Like there are lots of satire that I think are corny you know, or just like two on the nose. And I'm like, eh, like, okay, we get it. Like you hate, like you're making fun of superhero comics. But like, this was, this did straddle the line between like, you somehow found a way to make it clear. Like you really do dig all of this pop culture that we grew up with. But at the same time, like 
it really is ridiculous and we shouldn't take it seriously. And I think this is like, I don't, I'm sure that's what you set out to do and I, you were successful, but like, I can't even codify how, like, there's no me- mechanistic way to do it. You can either pull it off or you can't. Right. Cool, man. Thanks. It's nice to hear, you know. <laughs> now, um, now, Vince asked you about, uh, you know, the, the association with, uh, what was it, Vince? What did you call it? The that? Church of the Subgenius. Okay. No idea what that is, but... Uh, oh, for shame. That's that guy with the pipe, right? Yeah, Bob, Bob Dobbs. Dobbs. Yep. Yeah. No, there you I'm, go. I remember, no, and, seeing, and, uh, I remember seeing t-shirts of, like in the Newberry Comics way back when, but I never looked into that, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it's no, basically but, a parody of of many world religions all lumped together. Uh, they, they don't make bones about the fact that they want you to send them all the money you possibly can. Right. Um, and, mm-hmm. and maybe your, your soul will be saved on X day. X day came and went. Nobody was saved. Um, it, it's just a, a, a very sardonic look at organized belief systems. Right. Right. Through the character of Bob Dobbs. Hmm. Yeah. Which I mean, and you do that in a lot of the pages of this book. It's 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 similar, but you could tell that you're not lifting it from the subgenius. But it, it it comes from the same wellspring, I think. The in 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 concept. I bought big stacks of uh, old 1950s, 1960s, 1970s Fate magazine. Oh God, and, yeah. You know, and just like literally tried to absorb all of that I could, and then spit it back out. Have you seen that magazine so, recently, Fate? No, I, is it still? It's still yeah, there? they still publish it. Um, wow. Unfortunately. And for I don't know how I got on their mailing list, and I, I've been getting issues for years. And I at least once a year, I'll send them an email message like, "Stop sending me this magazine. I don't want it anymore." It is so <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah. Where in the seventies and the sixties, it was you could tell that maybe the editor was taking it somewhat seriously, but right. now it's just like, yeah, I was visited by an angel. And uh, you know, she told me to play this winning lottery ticket number, and I and I, it was ridiculous. But right. it's it's a mere shadow of what it used to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at this one page, and again, <laughs> uh, I'm sure it was planned this way. But you have the uh, an ad for the mega um, All Star Saturday featuring the Super Church friends on the mm-hmm. top of the page, and on the bottom you have two girls like. Oh yeah, uh, getting it on, and it's, <laughs> the juxtaposition's perfect. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> then there's these pages, and and again, you know, this is I'm sure largely James is doing, but like it's like Fumetti, you know, it's it's it's, and it it's like the the visuals are just crazy. I mean, you've got you've got uh, basically a like a, a hairy Egyptian goddess, you know, spread eagle with. You've got the, the Vitru, like the Vitruvian man sort of evolution of man at the bottom. Oh they, right, they go Those outlines. Co- you know the collage, you, the collage pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, yeah like exactly. So, like, so those uh, were all double page. I did. Uh, I actually spray painted the backgrounds, and oh, okay. um, and then my brother, I gave him a bunch of like the dinosaur and the okay. the evolution of man stuff, and you know, kind of drew out a little layout of what I was thinking. He did his thing, and then my buddy Travis, um, who is an incredible designer, really helped me pull this whole book together. He took a spin on it, and then we added some of James's. So a lot of that art on the collage pages are um, stuff that James drew that didn't make the final book, so it's kind of repurposed 
nice. um, artwork that, you know, I just couldn't let go. <laughs> and but, am I um, uh, correct in assuming that the inspiration was Kirby's collage work? Yeah, it uh, was. Figures. Yeah. I mean, it didn't. It doesn't really pan out to be like a Kirby collage because you can tell we did it, you know, digitally and not like just cut and paste the way Kirby right. did. But but that was the impetus, you know, for that. Well, you know, if Kirby had access to a computer, he'd be doing it that way. That's true. Yeah, That's just true. because it would be faster, and that Jack was all about, you know, capturing the ideas but getting it out as quick as possible. Right. Yeah. So, Not, I mean, the, the way James draws is um, he, there's no, like, original art page for one of these pages. He draws on the bus and a sketchbook, goes home, scans it digitally. Like, each panel's, like, made up of, I don't know, pages of his sketchbook. It's crazy. It's no, really I mean, awesome. Yeah, it's a good way to do it. But, you know, and on the other hand, there's not just, you know, you can't buy page 10 from them, you know. Oh, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, yeah, we, DAP, uh, have you already received yours, DAP? Or have you oh, yeah. Not? Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, you've already received also. your your commissions yeah. from James. I, I uh, he, he finished my first and is working on a second for me right now, so. What did you guys get? Uh, I got a Serpent Society and okay, a Moby. Okay, I saw that. And a Moby, saw, oh, yeah, cool. And a Moby I, Dick, which I don't think he's done yet, but. I saw the Serpent Society on Instagram the other day, so that was yeah. cool. The, nice. Uh, I, I I threw a couple of options out to him, and he uh, he grabbed the uh, Superman versus Lobo, which I love his their version of Lobo on this. It, it's it's a sick looking piece. It's I mean, as, as considering the size of of the board he's he's drawing and painting on, it's he packs a lot onto it, man. It's it's it, it's well worth it, and I know that. Um, our boys Cliff and Justin got on it, and uh, and a bunch of the folks, a bunch of our patrons on on the Slack, joined in on the fun too. And oh, awesome, man! It's, I mean, yeah, it's I mean, the we, best. If you're into commissioned work, I mean, it's the best deal around. He's, oh, uh, it's not even close. Sure. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think my first commission with him was uh, like, oh, draw Flavor Flav with robot arms. <laughs> 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 well, I had like a half a dozen weirdo shit like that from him, but. Are you? Yeah. I mean, in addition to being a comic nerd, are you also a comic art collector in general? Or um, I have, I got, I have some. I'm mm. not create, not like you guys probably, but I mean, I have some. Nice. You know. So, so put. I mean, I think we're we're kind of hinting at it, but like a ton of this book is like really, really, like incredibly uh, puerile and subversive and transgressive, and so like what what else? Where did those inspirations come from? Like, were you into the, like, is is that equally, like, because you loved, like, indie comics? Did you like zines? Like, what what, what kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. All that stuff. That? I mean, as, as much uh, mainstream comics I've read, it's just incredibly boring these days. I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I buy, I mean, I, I, I fall, you know, if there's a new Ghost Rider comic, I fall for it every fucking time. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, but I always regret it. But, you know, as far as mainstream titles, I buy, like, Eternals from Marvel because the art is, you know, Isad Ribic is just incredible. And then on DC book, I would buy, um, my buddy turned on uh, to that nice house on the lake. Is that the yeah, name yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. But other than that, it's all indie comics for me. I mean, 100%, you know. I mean, Image is almost too tame, you know. I, I, I like finding people on Instagram I can buy from, people like Andrew Buck. Do you, you know Andrew? No. No. So he did this book called, uh, I hope I say it right, it's like Satini Kill. 
it's like uh, it's all like these bold images but he uses he used um like highlighters and neon colors to color it it's just it's incredible it's like wow. magazine size have you uh, he did a cover for um what was the the all-time all-time comics oh right 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 so yeah he did okay one of the variant covers for you know so he doesn't do color anymore but he's still got a lot of great stuff i just it's always i just find people on instagram you know like patrick sparrow you know him uh, yes, I've seen his work. He's he's got that book Comrade Kill coming out. Yeah, he did the uh, oh, yeah. Peeper Creeper. I mean, it's all you know. All the people involved with around um, you know Strangers fanzine. Yes, like that Jasper Juvenile kid. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. Dynamite Diva? He's got it on Kickstarter now. Like it's just like I just want. It's my influences are like people that have ideas that you're not going to see at probably your normal comic store i guess sure like right. unbridled expression exactly yeah. yes yeah. so the uh one one of the ad pages um not the marketplace but the the one with uh everybody loves dick on a stick that page there's a <laughs> True. Uh, there's there's if i tell you to read this comic will you yep. read it and show your friends so i, I mean do you write all these ads yes okay that, so absolutely those two ads at the top of that page are all some of my favorite books. Oh, that all right. So perfect. Yeah. So you, I mean, you've got like you know, four kids walk to a bank, a swamp thing. So yeah, you I mean you, you've you've and and I think just reading that kind of gives somebody a glimpse as to how anybody who enjoys these books could kind of write something like right. this book. That makes yeah. sense. There's a bit of a tradition there. Uh, with um, as far as the zine world is concerned, because I, I can't tell you how many times I've read a zine where you know you get to the back and it's like things that inspired me in the making of this zine, and they'll put like all the albums they listened to while they were mm-hmm. making it, and they'll be like, "Hey, read these comics or these books are cool." There's a there's definitely a uh, with indie comics and with uh, you know small press books, there's definitely a pay it forward type aspect of it like a shared uh community of of people doing roughly the same thing are not reluctant to just say hey this is great it's not mine but it's great and i think you should check it out and that's the kind of feeling i got when i i I read that page those pages yeah well that that's what i was trying to show you know yeah 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 that's awesome i mean i mean it's 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 you mentioned all-time comics like when when i when we first saw the solicits for this, and then I got it and opened up the first few pages, like I'm like, oh man, I'm like, this dude's straight out of the Ben Mara, Josh Bear world, you know, like, and I, I, I don't, love, yeah, I mean, they're, I love they're, what they do. I love we're it, all big yeah. fans. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to have them on the show, and yeah, uh, yeah, so like, definitely, uh, I can see that, like, you know, it's like you're like the was like son of Satan, you're like, you're like son of all time comics. It's like, you know, <laughs> you, you definitely are, it, it's. You know, you definitely have that same vibe. Oh, this definitely awesome. belongs next to all-time comics on the show. Yeah, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why I commissioned Josh Bear and Ben Mara in mm-hmm. the pinup section. You know, it's like these – I try to hit up, like, not just people I find on Instagram that I dig, but, like, I don't know. It's kind of weird, but, quote, heroes. You know, I mean, yeah, I love sure. Ben Mara's stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I asked Ben if he wanted to do one, you know? But and I And I definitely got turned down by um, some people, so – Oh really? Who? But, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I got an email from uh, Richard Corbin that said, "Nah." Oh, <laughs> oh. Well. and then but, he then uh, he dropped dead when he crossed that last yeah. put the period and boom, he died. Yeah, so I, I actually like hand wrote him a letter and sent it 
you know, and then I got a follow up email from him. It's just like, yeah, I'm sure everybody wants a Richard Corbin. Oh, shit. Yeah, know, but yeah. but I would never have time to do my own thing. I'm like, you know, respect, of course. Right. Right. But uh, Tim Vigil, you know, he didn't he didn't want, you know, I was like, dude, I'm like, I'll keep oh, you see, I think he yeah, that this I'm is like, right up his alley. I'll Seriously, like, do whatever you want. He's like, nah. so I mean, I tried, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, his loss. You don't think. Yeah, his loss. That's exactly what I said to, um, you know, the, the the people like Jeff Darrow. I tried to get, and you know, I was just like, "Fuck it, just yep. take the shot." Yep. I I mean I don't uh you know like Chaykin would have I think he probably would have oh. done. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just crapshoot. You know what? It was like. I don't know. I have such a love for Jake, and like, I feel like I, I don't even know why I didn't think of that because, yeah, he probably would have. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I I still regret Dap. You remember, I, for some reason, I say Dap because I don't remember Vince being with us at the moment. Maybe you were, but there was that time we were chatting with Jake and and, uh, and and one of the cons, and he had like a pile of of mm-hmm. his uh, of his you know yeah, erotic yeah. images, and mm-hmm. I like. For some reason, I was like, "Oh, we'll go back. I'll go back and buy one." And then I don't think he was there, like on the last day of the con. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I was so bummed because like they were super cheap and they were like his porn comics, and I was. Like, I I absolutely love how he does shows. He shows up, throws his his panels on the on the table, and a handful of sharpies, and just stands there with like nothing to you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah no, him, for sure. You bring him a book. He's like, "Oh, you should be ashamed for yourself reading this thing." <laughs> Yeah, he's a yeah. good dude, Jason. So, I, I was with you, and I believe you said something along the lines of, "I can't hang that on the wall." What, what am I going to do with that? That is correct. Yeah, yes. did I? Yep. Yes. That's so crazy. Oh, it shows you how my 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 willingness to buy art has changed because I yes, I, I would buy it in yeah, two now, seconds now. Yeah, I mean, now like I'm actively I'm actively lobbying for, like I'm trying right now. I'm in deep negotiations to buy pages from Brandon Graham from his. Uh, oh from wow. His, from his porn comics but um but anyway um so so you started this idea in 2017 and like at yeah. what point did you say okay uh like we're, we're like this baby's ready to to be seen by the public and and when did you launch the, like how, when did how did how did you come around picking kickstarter and then what's the experience been like you know because from our vantage we saw it we backed it it was successful but we know from other creators that uh, Kickstarter, you know, it's a range of experiences depending on if you like, you know, know how sure. to handle fulfillment and all that. So what the, what's that been like since April? Sure, sure. So, um, like I said, we started in 2017. Uh, I thought it was going to be like a 24 page book. And then I just like, well, let's do another chapter where we go to the the Fantastic Four world. And then let's add another chapter where we kill everybody. And then I was like, and you know what? I want to put a message in there that you shouldn't be a fucking dickhead and <laughs> let's let, let's take buddhism and um just kind of remix it a little bit with this sci-fi preacher kind of character and so we just kept building and building like i didn't you know i didn't give him a full script on in 2017 it just kept building and building um you know which since i've never written anything before uh, I'm sure I'm breaking uh, storytelling rules, you know, uh, the way arcs are supposed to be uh, played out or whatever. So I don't know if, it, you know, I'm not objective about it. So I don't know if it reads 
like a like a true quote hero's journey or whatever you know so uh, but so my point is i just kept adding to the script and um eventually uh we got to the end maybe 20 2020 probably the beginning of 2020 had all the files and then we spent the next year fixing typos finishing making those ads finishing making the collages finishing um uh, my buddy Dave Gordon did the backup story for me, um, and I got all the pinups, and my buddy Travis put it all together, and so April 1st, 2021, we ran the Kickstarter, um, made it, we made, a, I think, what we what I would call a brilliant video. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it myself, but I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Um, and I just kept uh, grinding every day that month, I made you know, five or six social media posts. Uh, just, um, just kept grinding it out. And, it, you know, the Kickstarter experience was pretty good, actually. Um, it was like, you know, it was funded in the first six hours. It's amazing. I mean, you must have felt, because you don't know, right? You, hit, you Listen, think you've done good work, I, I, but... Yeah, I, I asked for like, I think, four grand. I just wanted to print 100 copies of this thing. You know, just to say I did it, you know, finally. I mean, people must have thought I was a mental patient talking about this for for years. People that know me, oh, well, you're making a comic book. How's that coming along? <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's, you know, most people don't take five years probably to make it. But, um, but you know, fulfillment, uh, my girl helped me uh, stuff the, the books into bags and then just got in a groove with those uh, Gemini mailers, taping them up at uh, stamps.com. And it was pretty easy, really. Um, UPS came, uh, not UP, uh, post office came, picked them up in my driveway. It's like, it was, it wasn't that bad. I mean, everybody says it, it was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it was pretty much what I was expecting, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it, it, it's pretty much the fastest turnaround of any Kickstarter I think I've, I've pledged to. Listen, I've backed a hundred Kickstarters, you know, and I know what I want and what I don't want. So when I put together my campaign, I don't fucking like enamel pins, you know. I don't. That's not my. That's not my jam. So <laughs> I didn't offer that, you know. Yeah, speak and on I, it. And I and I kept it simple, you know. I kept to the book. There's a digital tier. There was the book. There was the book in the zine, and then there was like a book zine and t-shirt, you know. Yeah. I didn't ship the t-shirts overseas because international shipping is absolutely killer right now. Yeah. So and it, and then. I say right now, but like it's never going to get better. So mm-hmm. yeah. I guess it's always going to be killer. Um, and uh, you know, I, I hope everybody don't think I'm rich because it was a successful Kickstarter. I mean, had to pay James. You know, all these. You know, some of these pinup artists are my friends, so they did it for free. My buddy Dave did the backup story for free. Um, but you know, I paid a lot of people. Yeah. So are we going to get a um? A Manfred working the record store story in the second volume. Ah man, I'll have to hit up Dave, man. I would okay. love it. I would love I, it. I, that, to do that was a, one. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, poor Ricky, but we have. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and I know we 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 have. You know, we've heard from listeners who who um, you know when it comes to Kickstarter, they some of them just want just want the book. Just give me what it is you're offering. Like I don't I don't care about all the chashkis. I don't care about prints. I don't care about. So I, I definitely get you. I feel you on yeah. that. Stickers. If, if, what am I going to do with the stickers? And and I also you know um, and and this I had no problem. There, there have been 
if, if, if you've listened to the show over time, there are there are times where we'll we'll notice something on Kickstarter and we know it's going to be in previews in six months. So th- this wasn't something that I, a, I felt like waiting on. So I didn't even whether or not you were ever going to try to bring it to Diamond. I wasn't I wasn't concerned about that because I needed it. So I was definitely going to back it because I, reading reading the reading about the campaign showed me all the love you were doing, putting into it. So, so it was cool, very cool. to back this. It was not, it wasn't even up for consideration, but the, um, it, it's, it's just one of those things where this was, it, it, it just hit me just right. I, I, I saw it and it, yeah, there, there was, it really wasn't, there, there was nothing up for debate. I, I just, cool, I'm man. Cool. so glad it exists. It's one of those things where, uh, I am, um, yeah, I, I think it's just no matter what you are into as a comic book fan, providing you know you're not easily offended and and you're not a prude, uh, there is absolutely something in this for everybody. Whether you know whether, whether you're believe you know down with organized religion or you enjoy the parodies, you enjoy the satire, you enjoy multiversal shenanigans. Like there is, if you are a legit comic book fan, I absolutely believe you will enjoy this book. Oh man, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and I was so, go ahead, Vince. No, I was thinking of the book um beyond the pages. Like, yes, it's riddled with with sex and violence and and debauchery, but I think the premise of the book is t- very insightful because uh the 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 road to enlightenment is only accessible through misery right that life is suffering it is it, that's very true and and i was just uh, it, th- this book gives you a lot of food for thought um because i was thinking about it. if you're if you have a happy existence and everything's going great and wonderful and uh, people who are are in that mind frame they don't want to expand beyond that why should they? Right? Everything's great. You, 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 you. The consciousness has no room for expansion because you just want this thing that you have right here to keep on going. Where if you're beset by death and misery and you know a lot of the stuff that 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 you uh, account for in the book, that's when you start to ponder like, why the fuck are we here? Why the hell <laughs> is all this impacting me? Why am I experiencing all this shit? And then you. you it, it, you expand through all that. You expand your consciousness. It, so I think it's extremely, um, in, uh, I don't want to say that's the word in the title. <laughs> uh, it's, it's extremely insightful that you tagged enlightenment with misery. Uh, it's, I think it's brilliant. The, the, the misery machine is the thing that gets them to enlightenment. <laughs> like that is, it's brilliant. Thanks, man. <laughs> it is uh, i'm speechless like, no it, <laughs> i i, I it, 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 it's not a one note book is what i'm trying to say yeah there if, if you're only looking for tits and ass and 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 intercourse and a bazillion cameos like mm. i don't know how he pulled off these pages uh <laughs> it, it, it goes from elvira to liberace to clockwork orange do you even have my two favorite people of all of TV, Ed Norton <laughs> and and um, Ralph Cramden. Like, yeah, it's my favorite show ever. Uh, and yeah, even so, a, a pissed off Stanley Kubrick. Like, 
so when we did the when when they get to the club there, I gave James um, a document with maybe three hundred and fifty or four hundred names and then a bunch <laughs> of reference photos. I go and throw any of these people in anywhere you can. So he wow. had plenty to work with. He, he Plus he put... added, you know, he, he added his own. There's some wrestlers in there that I'm not familiar with. You know, the new wrestling stuff. I don't yeah, know. Like Humongous that, but... from Mad yeah. Max. And... Oh yeah, sure. But there's. To... Even Hunter from the the Warren Erie magazine, like what the yep. hell? Who would yeah, ever? Guess <laughs> <Just> me. <laughs> um, what was the like? I the, the grandson of, of Satan, obviously. That like I get that given the the, the tone and the ideas mm-hmm. of the book. But uh, like, did you from jump say, "Oh, and and let's let's have Machine Man, aka Manfred, uh, be a sidekick like that"? You know, that absolutely, to, yeah. yeah. My uh, one of my favorite comics is that. Uh, the 2001 series where these where uh, the machine man you know the first appearance of the machine man sure yeah. I, don't, I don't know the first the second appearance where he he loses his face you know so that yeah. panel is right out of there you know yeah. it's a direct reference to that i mean that's a, a book that i had since i was a little kid that i just loved you know mm-hmm. so yeah i don't i don't know why i picked those two characters but um yeah it felt right they, it felt thought right. it'd be yeah. fun you know um so you had like 530 backers so mm-hmm. a lot of books to ship out but i see fortunately for all of for our listeners you you, you are selling the book still on etsy so yeah like do you have do you have plenty of inventory like or is it yeah like, so, it I ordered, so i got a pallet of a thousand that okay. i that i received i got rid of i think i got about half of them left yeah okay so and have you approached because I'm, I'm guessing you've been a long time like you've got an LCS or two that you've been like hung out at along for years. Did, have you have you approached any of your like local stores or now that the book's out and even uh, have you sent any, any from, from stores that carry? Yes. So the store I went to for years and years, um, not really dealing with them anymore for a number of reasons. But um, but then my new store, Rubber Chicken Comics in Bellingham, they're the best man. They got it on the shelf. Nice. And then uh, and then the Vault of Midnight. They have like three stores in uh, Michigan. Okay, is that right. They hit me up. They bought a dozen copies, so Sweet. they have they have three stores out there. So I guess they have them on the shelves too. But as far as stores, that's the only stores you got it at. Are you and James? I mean, I know the pandemic complicates things, but like, assuming that we're coming out of it for the better in the next few months or whatever, are you and James like at least entertaining hitting up some some cons in twenty twenty two to uh, pedal the book? Or I don't know. I don't know what we're I mean, I can't speak for him at all. I mean, mm. he's up in Canada, mm-hmm. so I mean, have you guys I mean, never met? No, no, we've never really met. No, yeah. But um, as far as uh, my, my one of my other buddies ran Boston Comic Con for years, so that would have been a good in. But Fan Expo bought them out, so yeah. Um, uh, I just don't. I just can't see that book doing well at fan expo it seems like it would be like a heroes con kind of oh it would kill with heroes know? or like or like a like a, a mocha in new york you know or mm-hmm. uh or a, an sbx that type of thing like i just can't imagine hauling these books around they're so mm. heavy they are heavy they are heavy <laughs> my man and it and and before i forget i just this is a even though we're months away i'm i thank you for the updates on, on the Kickstarter for this book, um, and and your prompt response time on uh, well, like on I, messages. Like, 
Yeah, like I said, I've you know I bought a lot of stuff on Kickstarter, and I've been you know I've had my fair share of disappointments. You know, I, I mean, one of my big pet peeves is, is yeah. um, when the book shows up in stores before backers get. Oh, you know? don't! I mean, even I, get start. I mean, I'd like. To, I mean, started. I'd really, I'd really like to you know start naming names, but it's yeah. bullshit. So I'm not going to do that. But sure. um, you know, it's like. When you buy, a, I still haven't gotten one of my Kickstarter books that showed up in, you know, from Image already. You know, it's like what the fuck. But yeah. what can you do? And you know, and and the turnaround thing—that's a that was a big thing for me too. You know, I got them all out, four hundred something packages out in eight days. You know, working working a day job. So yeah, I, um, I I saw the pallets in in the Kickstarter updates, man. Yeah, and just and that's the thing with the updates. I just you know, as as a consumer, you know, as a reader. As a you know a Kickstarter backer, I like to see that shit. So I tried to you know I tried to walk the walk. Well, I'm I'm letting everybody know right now then that I fully support Volume Two and and based <laughs> on your performance for this Kickstarter, um, I, I have no problem saying to anybody that that they should definitely back Number Two. Oh man, so cool. So our Volume yeah. Two is um, I don't know if this was before we started recording or whatever, but it's an anthology. Where we have, um, I think, twenty-three story or twenty-two stories, twenty-three artists. My buddy Tony Sedani does two stories, <laughs> but it's all short stories, sequels, prequels, spinoffs, uh, side stories. Um, I got some great people working on it. It's going to be really cool, man. More pinups. More pinups. I, I, so I had some that I just didn't want to burn on the um, nice. the digital version, you know, because I. So the digital version of this book is like 500-something pages versus the 300. There's like 200 extra pages of content. But it's a ton of pinups. But the Volume 2 book, we're going to have a ton of pinups again. Um, I got some great artists, you know. A lot. It's all indie, you know, indie guys. Probably the most recognizable name probably is Shaky Kane. Nice. So, yeah, he's, he's got a 10-page. He already drew it and turned it in. So. Awesome. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Well, hopefully, volume two won't be as tame as this one. So, <laughs> open up a little bit. So, so I mean, I think one of the things we're kind of gobsmacked about is that, like, again, how organic. Like, you're you're our age. You always loved comics, and then you're just like one day, like, I'm gonna try and do a comic, and you did it. And and you know, we have reviewed. I don't know what I mean. Thousands of comics over over the life of this podcast, and 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 read many many times that. And like, I just can't again say like how impressed i am with how like just incredibly well put together this was from in every way so i guess selfishly i hope like now that you've gotten your your feet wet and had a positive experience like you've decided to continue to make comics that we're going to get to consume well at least this volume two that we're doing. no i know that but that's <laughs> if it can i mean new i i mean are you like i are you do you do you envision like i i i, I did it like it's an itch i wanted to scratch and it went really well or do you you know are, are you at least entertaining the idea of 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 putting out more stuff into the ether in the coming years? Um, I honestly haven't thought beyond the second book that we're working on right now. Okay. I mean, you know, I've, I'm sure I have some more ideas, but it's it's a lot of work, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. especially the way I did it. It's just like putting all your money up up front um, and then like begging your Photoshop buddies to like make ads for you and just – 
pinups. It's just very expensive. <laughs> was there ever a moment in the process where you were like, fuck it? Or you're like, I don't know if this is going to happen? There was uh, several times where I've told my buddies, like, I wish I hadn't started it, but, like, I can't turn, you know, I can't turn back now. You know, mm-hmm. it's like past the point of no return. So, but, um, yeah, you know, that being said, I'm so glad that it's, you know, a real thing now. Oh, so am I. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the sequence where um, Machine Man gets gets down with the uh, <laughs> oh the blue chick that it, that yeah. is so freaking hot. But um, <laughs> the, the, I I literally squealed with glee when Klaus Nomi appeared. Like I thought as soon as I saw Klaus Nomi, I'm like I, this guy. I felt like. You were someone that I went to school with forever. I know you like, you know, the back of my hand. Like, we, you just felt like a kindred spirit. Like, who puts Klaus Nomi <laughs> in their friggin' comics? So he was probably one of the 350 names on that document that I gave him. I definitely didn't write him into that panel to get his head, you know, split or whatever <laughs> happened there. You know, like the script didn't say put Klaus and tear his head in half, but. You know, but, he was just on the guest list. And, <laughs> you know, James took it from there. So that's that's a great collaboration when you have somebody uh, on the other end who interprets, um, not only interprets your your direction, but then takes it in a, in areas of their own, right? Like that. That's yeah. I think that adds immeasurably to that sequence. Dude, I, I can't say enough nice things about the kid. He's great. You know. Well, how old is he? Uh, I think he's mid 30s late 30s oh, God. something like that crazy <laughs> absolutely crazy yeah. yeah everybody should hit him up on instagram man he's 100 you know, no doubt for about sure it. for sure and also uh we should say that you for those listening that uh, didn't do the kickstarter you can get the book at your matt's etsy shop which is etsy.com shop king backslash king mega trip yep. which is your uh social media handle Correct. Nice. nice. I'm gonna commission James to do me a, a nice long sequence with this blue girl. Mm. <laughs> yep. I feel like she's one of your girls that you dated when you were managing Burger King. I wish. I was funny. Never... So, so the bigger page is like I had a. I was uh, I was going through a stint where I was commissioning people to recreate the um, old Marvel Planet of the Apes covers. You know those painted covers, the yep. magazine covers, and he did one and. Like I said, he draws in his sketchbook or whatever. He did it in like three or four different pieces, and it was like taped and stapled together. It was very weird, but it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, but see, can you imagine if it was framed as is? That would be an amazing yeah. piece. Like I love shit like that. That's just cobbled together from other sources, and it, it, it's an object uh, of of art as it you know the the mechanics of it the process is part of the image right that's great mm-hmm. I, I would buy oh, that yeah. yeah if he wants to sell that i would buy it <laughs> there you go hit him up so i will do that jason and david are the original art dudes i just i'm along for the ride most of the time but there are occasions where i will uh you know traipse out of my uh i guess jason would call it uh tight acidness so, <laughs> well, the irony, I mean, you, you're absolutely correct in how you're portraying things, but I just, the thing that I've never been able to, to, to juxtapose is how much you care about art and yeah. also that you yourself are an artist and you teach art. So it's like, it's just so funny to me. It would be one thing if you just weren't a person who consumed 
but like you're a mega consumer like you you love to collect shit i so do it is funny to me that and like i get that you don't ever want to pay the prices that a lot of art costs these days because that i get like that's you being a cheapskate and i don't that's fine but like there are tons of amazing artists that haven't quote unquote broken big that you know i like i as you know i get commissions yeah from a million people but like the thing is is i you know i i'm i'm just as I'm just as willing to get a commission from someone I see on Instagram that's never published a, a comic as I am, you know, someone that's been doing comics for 30 years. Like I just, if I like their, if I like their style, uh, I'll commission them. So it's like, I'm just surprised that you haven't done that. But no, I get it. I get it. I just don't think there's a, I don't feel a need to have people make art for me, but yeah, where, maybe that's part of it. You're an artist yourself. So yeah. So if vibe. I, but if I could get, uh, James's, sketchbook drawings manipulated in a unique way that's not in the book that doesn't exist anywhere else but the way he made it that i would buy because that's a special piece the cool thing about james and his commissions is like you know these days the commission game is so organized like you, you basically have a price for them to draw you the character on a blank page and then anything you want extra extra character background that's all extra and then, like, if you want a sequential story or, like, a team-up, like, they'll say no. But James is just like, what do you want me to draw? <laughs> You're like, all right, I want you to draw me, you know, cat in a hat having a <laughs> fight with uh, Garfield. And he's like, all right, cool. Like, give nice. me a few days. Like, it's, like, the, like, the dude just clearly loves to just be creative. And, and uh, like, yeah, that's like you said. Uh, like you said, Matt, like, he's, he's one of the, like, rare gems because at his cost of, of commission, like, Generally, you're getting people like fresh out the gates that are rough, right? Right. Well, I mean, when I was working with him, he was, you know, he'd be like, "Well, I'm going to life drawing class tonight, like every Monday night or whatever it was, you know." And you know, that was his thing. Like he, he just, you know, he lives to draw. I think, you know, Much always doing that life drawing, and then he would like just draw people on the bus on the way there, on the way back. It's like. He's pretty incredible. Yeah, you could tell by his work that he has a keen eye. He he uh, he draws some life. Yeah, yep. He's not making this shit up. I mean, I mean he, he is. Posted, but he posted photos of his uh, somewhere at one time. I think there was a a picture of some shelves, and there's just like a hundred sketchbooks. It's just crazy. Oh <laughs> man. Yeah, we got to get those published. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Coolness. You guys still there? Did we get disconnected? No. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I'm still here. All right. So All right. Uh, what I was uh, thinking was uh, we, we're pushing this book s uh, super hard, and it's not, it's not a case of us blowing smoke up uh, Matt's ass. This book is the real deal. It is, yeah. it is legitimately one of the most surprising uh, and worthwhile pieces of art I've encountered in a, a, a pretty long stretch. Uh, there's truth on these pages. So as, uh, as was uh, said before, if you want to get a copy of this, you got to go to the Etsy store. And what was the URL right. again? Uh, it's, yeah, it's etsy.com slash shop slash King Mega Trip. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I, I mean, you guys, thank you so much for, you know, the kind words. I mean, Jason made an awesome post that somebody sent me on facebook i was just like made my weekend it's like because you know making this thing for four and a half years and just showing a couple people it's you know it's really kind of gratifying to to have you know people that get it you know my buddy dave said I, he gets it you know i, I 
that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Jason asked you, you know, uh, once all this is over, you know, what are you going to do? I think the concepts and the characters in this first volume alone are enough for a, like a cottage industry. Like, look what Mignola <laughs> did with Hell with uh, Hellboy. I think this, in, like the diversity of the characters and just what you could possibly do, like an Amazon series or. You know, just one series with the blue fairy girl, you know, just doing what she does. I mean, you could you could hint, hint. use these characters for years and years. Yeah. I mean, right, right at the, I mean, it's like Rick and Morty right at the start. You, you've already introduced the whole, like, the, the concept of the multiverse in these pages with these right. characters. So, I mean, you have you have tons of characters you can explore. Yeah. Those that yes are still and, alive, at least. Yes and no, because, you know, a lot of them are just parodies. You know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, when you get, you've seen plenty of books with parodies that's like, uh, you know. Yeah, Marvel and DC publish out. a bunch of them every month, so. Yeah, I mean, there's a, the, this this also, in a way, uh, seemed like a, a kissing cousin of Weapon Brown to me. You yeah. Know, because yeah. That, oh, man, that a, I got that on my shelf right behind, like, I'm literally yeah. touching it right now. Nice. <laughs> you know, like, he, Jason did, like, that's such a great book, and it, that, that did, that like yours, that did parody very well. I mean, we all knew who the characters were, right. but uh, but it was just done in, a, in such a way that it was, it was, it was just, just the amount of left of center. Right on, man. Yep. Well, Matt, it's been an absolute joy to speak yes. with you. I hope this isn't the first and last time you come on with us. <laughs> well, no, I mean, we'll definitely have him on sometime before, well, in April, when, when, when Volume 2 is uh, is pimped on Kickstarter, but hopefully Finger, before then. Fingers crossed for April, because anyone who knows me, I was like, well, this, I believe the back of the zine says coming 2018, and then, well, like, <laughs> you know, you know. And then you go back in my Facebook post or whatever, it says coming 2019, coming 2020. It's like, oh. <laughs> but it got done, so. Yeah, it was very... Well worth the wait. Yeah, for thanks. sure. Yeah, thanks so much. Rule, man. Thank you. Yeah, have a great night. All right, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, well. Matt. Happy birthday. <laughs> in, in another week or two. Yeah, next week. Oh, man, stalker status. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I had to see how old you were. No, you, you have no idea. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> 51. Jesus. Nice. <sighs> All right, guys. Really, I do appreciate it. Yeah, man. Have a, have a great, have a great night. night. Make more comics. That's yeah, that's man. Right on. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, he has he has no idea uh, what he's done. <laughs> he has no friggin' it's idea. It's ridiculous, dude. Like I, <laughs> like you, you started the show by by kind of saying it's like Tiger Woods, and I was thinking, well, you know, it's it's different because. Like Tiger Woods was a child prodigy, right? Like he he was a kid that was through his dad's efforts so good beyond his age and and then obviously he himself had this competitive desire to continue to be the best until he got to a point where he was literally the like the the best golfer of all time, right? This is so different because Matt like he's our age first of all, you know. As he says on the, 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 he's he's 50 years old now. So he put this out when he was 50. And and which in and of itself is an accomplishment, but but like it just doesn't sound like he's at least no immediate plans to like he's not yearning to use this as a launching pad to no. gain a bigger audience or create more stuff. Like he had this idea, he started it, 
it sounds like he's one of those kind of people that once he starts something, he he's going to finish it. Finished yeah. it. I think he did it impeccably well. But like, it seems like after next year's Kickstarter of the B side stuff, he's good. Like, I don't know that we're going to ever get another comic out of him. You, you know, I, if, if it was Scotty, he would have ten series in development. He'd have a movie, a fucking yeah, cartoon. Exactly. You'd like, I mean, be talking to uh to like Fanagraphics to put this out in a hardcover, right? Like you'd be well, like you. You know, hopefully someone will convince Matt. You know, you got you have a gold mine here. You can exploit your own work for literally decades. But anyway, I use Tiger Woods because I don't know any Tiger Woods freaking history. It's a sports thing. I don't know. The the first time I heard of Tiger Woods is when he did something awesome. Like he won mm-hmm. some some tournament thing and he yeah, everybody's like, Oh, this kid's great. Yeah. So that's that's why I use Tiger Woods. But I think, thank well, you for, for educating me. Sure. There, I, I I know that there are yes there are some people who I I, I, can, I tend to be like that at times where I'm I'm focused on this one thing I can't think about doing working checking out anything else until I see this to completion this this has to get all my attention because maybe Matt's easily distracted I don't know but obvious and and this is this was a labor of love and it's not it, it's not like he was just putting out a 22 page comic book this was this this is heavy and and there's depth to it um i'm not saying there was a lot of research there but but there's there's a lot of pieces he had to put together and not everybody has that that jeff lemire mentality where i'm going to work 30 hours a day and 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 just you know constantly have things stoking and have so many ideas that he's got to work on himself or he's got to work with other people to get him out there and and i i love that there's both types of of um the personalities if you want to call them mm-hmm. out there where we're, we, i mean we have everything we want from jeff lemire and then some and, and he's still giving us more and and then here's here's someone like matt king was like this is this is what i'm working on right now this is you're going to get the best of me with this because this is what i'm i'm, I'm focused on at the moment um you know if he never makes another comic aside from enlightened volume one and two I consider that a massive win because it's it's better to burn out than it is to rust, right? Uh, if you have something this amazingly creative, uh, vibrant, just it, it, and it's the only thing you've done, where's the drawback in that? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we want more because we're yeah. friggin' greedy, right? We want we well, want this on a regular thing. I'm just basis. Purely as like, I think if you were to graph all the people that have ever created a comic right like there is some correlation it's not 100 percent, but there's like some correlation between talent and and producing like continuing to produce stuff you know yeah so like there are plenty of people who even know some we're friends with some that have like you know they scratch an itch they put out their own comic their own zine their own mini comic you know we've talked about like that you know we had the, the the our 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 all of our homies did the the you know the eoc inspired anthologies like and that's like something they're always going to be proud of, and like they scratch the itch, and and you know some wanted to do more, some didn't, some were cool, one and done, like, and that's cool. Like you, I get, I totally get that. Like, like I'm going to see if I can make a comic, you know, like that would be cool, and then you do it. Like, but that said, I think objectively, I think most of the time when it's that kind of person, like I'm just going to scratch this itch. It's not like this. It's not. No. It's not so incredibly well put together and funny and well-designed and meticulous like this is a meticulously crafted book sure i mean and and i 
So that's why I'm surprised that he's just like, nah, I don't know, man. It was a lot of work. Like, I'm, I'm good. And I'm like, geez, like that's um, – I'm also – like I was struck by, um, you know, Emil Ferris when she published My Favorite Thing is Monsters. And and obviously that was kind of – you know, that was – I mean, I don't think you, you – there may never have been a debut comic with as much critical acclaim, right? right? Like, I mean, that, that, that won every imaginable award that year, 2017. You know, she was 54 years old when that book was published, and it was her first ever comic. And much like this, it was a big, thick OGN, and she's she's working on a second volume of my favorite thing. But like uh, I, these these kinds of people, they're like unicorns. They fascinate me, you know. But like, and even but in, even in, in 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 Ferris's case, like her goal, she was always an author and an editor, and her goal was to be a like she like she wants to be a comic book creator. You know, it just took her a long, long time to finally reach the pinnacle. Like he's like you said, he's a roofer and he loves comics, and that's like that may be it. I just like I think it'll be weird if in five years we, you know, we we were thinking back and we think, dude, remember remember Tales to Enlighten, hmm. and like and like we never hear of Matt again. You know, like it, it like selfishly, I think that would be a real shame because I think he he and and James are incredibly talented, and you know we had Matt on the show, so it probably. I mean, we probably gave the art a little bit of short shrift just because we didn't have Matt James on the show. But, like, this book is what it is because of this incredible marriage. Like, I'm amazed that they're not friends. Like, I assume, you know what I mean? Like, that they, right. this is literally like he he, he saw James's work online and, and, and hired him. And and they worked on it for years together and got this. Like, that's incredible to me. Like, they, they were like, you know, in each other's house every day working on this and and like hammering ideas back and forth right yeah it's like us without the 13 year uh growth uh period right i mean yeah this yeah. formula is, is unique and and works very well but uh to your it's point right to your point their formula works exceedingly well and it's basically a, a flash in the pan new thing like oh I, I think your work is amazing do this comic with me Okay, but it mm-hmm. seems from the 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 commingling of words and pictures that they've been doing this forever, and yeah. that such is not the case. Uh, it's like I said, this book is just it it it's it's a masterwork, and uh, yikes! I um I I don't like, wa- I, I don't want to be I'm selfish. Sitting here thinking like I'd I'd be like man like I like I'd be like I I if I I'd be I want to buy twenty copies and I'm going to send one to Bear and send one to to to. You know, like I just like I just want to like I'd want to get this in the hands of you know the people that could you know what right. I'm saying like that I'm like, that oh, would that would care yeah like yeah. let's get this to to Pitzer and let's get this to Rug you know like freaking like, Brian Chippendale would would annihilate a pin yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah yeah I see yeah. it but um I I think it's uh the the narrative in this book is is not this cobbled together uh pastiche of of all taboos you know uh subjects it's there's a lifetime of experience behind all these words mm-hmm. um you're not going to get a kid to to ponder the meaning of enlightenment uh through sex and death like the a 20 something is not going to go down that road where you right. have you have right. a man that's who's fair. who's doubled that age and and he's seen a lot and experienced a lot and all that's in the book not not explicitly but but the 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 experience this man has collected during his lifespan it's in this book 
Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's 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 crazy that it's so dirty and so violent, and yet there's a, there's a spiritualism in it, and there's a quest for knowledge that mm-hmm. these kinds of well, not these kinds, but a book that contains this much sex and this much violence, that's not even a thought. They don't. That's not a consideration, right? But he has merged the 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 sacred and the profane. In a in a totally unique way, I'm just I'm I'm like I, I'm out of my mind about this book. Yeah, and it's interesting. I would love some enterprising listener to do some kind of sociological profile study on when a book overlaps all three of our circles of love in such a way uh, that like it's because. You know, we we all like a lot of the same things, but yeah. but I feel like it, the things that probably make each of our hearts sing the most. I don't know that that's always like equal for all three of us, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? So right. so it, it is interesting. I would, I've certainly not given it any kind of critical thought, but I'm curious when that happens. What what is most common? And I'm guessing part of it is that it's both well executed and surprising. Yeah, like because we we all have read so many comics that we get really jazzed when something surprises us, but in a great way. Yep, yep. I think it's like the Large Hadron Collider of fucking indie comics. Like this thing has broken into another reality. It's mm. it, it makes my head explode how how good this book is. I'm I'm not being uh, hyperbolic. I'm not trying to. To to find new ways of you know saying it's really good, but I don't have the language to to say no, exactly. No, it's like yeah, like after I read it, and I know I'd read it a couple of days a week before you guys did, and I said, "Have you read it? You got to read it." Um, like after I read something like this, I need a day or two before I go back to other comics, right? Because yep, and and I, I, this is gonna. I'm not trying to bash like the big two i still read a shit ton but like i can't read this and then pick up the next issue of nightwing or wolverine and be like oh shit right you know like it has to be enough space where i can get back into the mindset of like all right i'm about to read a hopefully well executed like standard fair comic and i dig standard fair comics that's why I, i've been reading them and buying them for 30 years but like i can't it just i needed to get like it's like having an incredible meal or having you know incredible sex or something you need like a time you need a moment to like yep you know let that pass before you can have a regular meal or like regular sex you know what i mean yeah i give it the proper time where you can actually it's almost like it's a disservice to it if if you jump right back into something else afterwards it, you and it's give it a second it deserves the time to be its own thing you're right you're right but it's definitely not a quick read no, um, no, no, no! You'd be doing yourself a disservice, and and I think the work a disservice if you just like sat down and pounded through this in thirty minutes. I mean, that would be, you know, what's the point of that? Right, and and it almost uh, well, it did. Um, I, I I tried to to take a step back and just revel in the experience of this book, and I thought, you know, if if this was the only book I bought for the month, like if 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 you know if it was offered through dcbs and it came in my box and that was the only thing that was in it i would be perfectly satisfied completely satisfied with Mm -hmm. this being the sole thing that i consumed in a month span because i think that's uh 
it it like you said it it percolates it steeps there there are ideas of like timed release concepts in this book that you you know you encounter them on a page and you're like holy shit that was fucking brilliant after you've closed the book and it's wow you, you're right you don't get this from standard entertainment this is more than you're just your average entertainment this is working yeah. on a completely different level all right yeah uh no check is in the mail because this is entirely honest oh yeah i mean yeah. and 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 it's so cool that we're still like that we're still in a place that after all these years we can be surprised by something you know like again this is not this wasn't in previews. It's not even like we were all scouring in the back previews for stuff that might look interesting and said, oh, this could be neat. Like, this is, you know, a Kickstarter. And, and look, it was successful, but as we talked about, it sold five, you know, there were 530 backers. Now, that's great. I mean, it was well above what he was hoping. He was hoping just to be able to, to raise $4,000 to make the book. But, but like, 500 people on the planet have this book, right? Like, yeah, it's still a like, small fraction of, of, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, so, so, like, it's, it's, this is a, this is a rare, this is a precious gem. And there's only 500 other people that are going to be able to get this book unless it gets passed along or shared or whatever. And I got to be honest, this isn't going out of care package. So, oh, no, uh, definitely, you not. know, so it's <laughs> like, so, yeah, man, like, in a way, it, I would, I would love this much like we, we, we've done with other stuff, like, you know, I mean, uh, aphrodisiac being my personal favorite of of those kinds of things, but like I would love for this to be one of those things where EOC faithful familia have a good chunk of this yeah. of, of this book that ever exists. Like yeah. I would love that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hope he sells them now. Hope he sells the rest between now. Yeah, I would love it, man. Like I would. Hundred percent. Part of me is like, listen, it'd be cool if you know if anybody who didn't back it now, we. I'm sure in his second Kickstarter, if he has any left, he'll he'll have yes, like a, if he has any yeah. left, he'll be able you know he'll be able to limit that you know yeah I, you know eighty backers left or whatever. But um, yeah, it's it is it's I just yeah no I'm I'm agreeing with you, Jason where I I really do hope that uh, I don't I know we've talked about things and we'll hear from some creators like you just mentioned with with, with Jim Rugg where you know people picked up the book because. They just talk about it. I re this is one of those cases where I never really put a lot of stock. With I think it's neat to hear, but I never really. I just think it's you know people being nice. This is something. This is a book where I really, really hope. Yeah. Just take up and 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 run to Etsy and get this thing. Yeah. Well, like Tony with Straight Dogs. I mean, obviously, I'd like to think that we helped with the book, but that book, you know, but that book sold. It's so still many, an image book. So many it's copies still, that. Yeah. Well, not yeah. only that, but I mean, like it. That was such a big success now that, like, yeah, I mean, we, I think we, we, we helped rep it, and I'm sure a lot of EOC listeners bought the book, but, like, a lot of other people bought the book, too, you know, like yeah. that, like, so I, I, yeah, man, like, if you're this listening also, to this and you like indie comics, this is your chance to get something really special that, that, uh, again, like, I, not many people are just, there's just only a thousand copies, and half of them are gone, so. Also kind of bums me out just a smidge is that you look at, the hundred or so pinups in this and you would think that maybe a handful of the artists would have at least mentioned on their socials or told their fans hey i got a pin in this book coming out what i know about this book is fucking batshit and saying you're gonna love it but maybe 
a few more people could have backed it at that point. Well, but do it's, we know that that didn't happen? I'm just playing I don't, advocate. I don't. I no, we don't. We absolutely don't. But mm-hmm. it's. I mean, considering the number of people right, right. who did pinups for this, and how many he had, and, and and that he only has he he had enough backers for half the print run. I I don't know how many may have. Can you imagine if this book uh, got into the hands of say someone like? Well, maybe not these days, but in his prime, like if if Manson, Marilyn Manson had this and just like, yeah, reading this great book, like he would sell Uh, thousands of copies. I I think that's what uh, maybe investigate that avenue of getting this into the hands of, uh, I don't know, like, are there any real rock stars anymore? But like I'm saying, like maybe Billy Corgan or somebody, somebody, uh, uh, tuned to this kind of thinking would mm-hmm. be able to give this this book a real big uh and worthwhile and worthy kick in the ass but uh, i do have one request that uh for the second kickstarter let's have a hardcover tier Ooh, yeah i would yeah, love if this book was in hardcover i would too but for me i mean aesthetically it's just weird to me to have this in a soft mm-hmm. cover and then volume two, right? No, now. I mean I'd offer have a, another soft cover and then you can we can buy a slipcase that both fit in. Ooh. No, what I'm saying is have another tier in the second Kickstarter yeah, where you would a... you would get this and the second book in hardcover. Like yeah, but a he's special not have the money to, well, to print it. To print and well, yeah, whatever. I just don't care. I want a hardcover. <laughs> I mean, I I love your I love your idea. I mean, because I love hardbacks, but dude, the fucking Panda Brothers. Did hardbacks. What are you? One hundred and fifty. Oh my god! <laughs> I was trying to talk your language. All right. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Low hanging fruit. All right. Um, oh, so yeah, get this book, Tales to Enlighten. Matt King. Yikes! So good. It's going to be on our own Kloskers, and everyone's going to all the people listening to the episode will be like, "Motherfucker, we, we none of us read this book. We, don't, well, we, don't, we couldn't get a copy." That's on you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's definitely going to be in the Kloskers. Hundred percent. Yeah. For sure. That's one thing you can bank on yep oh no doubt about it yep yep yep, yep. all right let's talk we some comics a, uh, we don't have a favorite rookie do we category maybe we'll have to throw it back on the ballot this year <laughs> the, the one and only year they had a favorite rookie category just for matt we listen this is like professional wrestling we make the rules like we decide we, there's no like we're not bound by the Listen, the Eisners create new categories every year, so we can do it. True, true, true. This is a weird week, man. I read a, a bunch of books that just took me completely by surprise. That's great, right? Yeah, I love it when that happens. It doesn't happen often, but uh, it seems that this was the week. The stars align. It's like, you know, step out of your, your usual stuff and, and try these. And I was like, wow, yeah. these, these are good. Did did the episode I wasn't on when Tony was on, did you guys talk about Echo Lands? I didn't. No. no, I didn't read it yet. You didn't read it yet? No. What the fuck's the matter with you? I love the format. I see it on the shelf at the shop. It's 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 nifty, man. I like the uh, the the landscape. Dude, he. I mean, it, I bring it up because I think it's only fitting in the sense that like J H has been doing comics for a long time, and he does have a very specific style and aesthetic. So you like you know a J H Williams comic when you see it. But, like, every time he does a comic, it's jaw-droppingly gorgeous and so unique. Like, I just poured over the pages of this goddamn comic. I, I Like, I, he is so 
fucking incredible, dude. Like, I, he doesn't do commissions. I would just die to have a commission from him. Like, like he, it's just incredible how detailed this guy is and polished and his ability to use every single style interchangeably. Like, you remember, we, I mean, I know we all watched Ink Master for a long time. And, like, you know, there were those, like, most of these tattoo artists, like, they're really good at one style. And then you'd have these OG legends come in as a guest judge. And, like, one of the reasons they're legends because they can crush any style, you know. And it's like, that's what J.H. Williams is like, dude. Like, he could draw anything in any style, and it would be perfect. Agreed? Disagree? Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I love his work. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say this without coming off as an asshat, but, um, I think his work is sometimes a little too perfect. Oh, I don't agree. I mean, I know why you're saying that because it's so polished, but for the things that he draws, writes about, or draws about, it seems like it's fitting. I don't know. I, I I adore the guy's work. I, you know the the Batwoman stuff is is just remarkable. It's a remarkable achievement. But there, uh, I I get tired, uh, weary of 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 reading his books that he's done the art for because I it takes such intense focus to to appreciate what he puts down on the page. Not only individual panels but uh, you know the the macro and the micro the the layout of each more often than not double page spread like it's it's almost as if i'm studying right where i i yeah. trying I, I think the cool thing for me about echo lands is that when we had him on the show to talk about when he and his wife came on to talk about their anthology for the las vegas shooting um, you know, he mentioned it, and and obviously this is one of those books. Much like it's, this has been a good year for that, like with monsters coming out too. Like this is another book that's like, is it ever going to actually happen? Right? He's been talking about this book for fifteen years. Uh, it, you know, I think it was five, six years ago when Image was doing those those big Image days where they would announce stuff. He was part of one of those, and then it didn't happen. And then he talked about it in two thousand eighteen, and then he came on our show doing the anthology, said it was coming soon, and you know, so it's finally here. But the cool thing is, is in the book in the the in the back, he and both he and Hayden Blackman both do a little opening salvo, little words, you know, their thoughts on the book, and um, a couple things I didn't realize that he and Hayden had been f friends for fifteen years. Th this idea, like I knew this was an idea that that JH had wanted to do. I didn't know that this is an idea he wanted to do specifically with Hayden. But like they came up with this idea 15 years ago, and it was born out of this character who's the the star, the lead character of Equilands, that apparently was 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 a childhood character that JH had created in his you know he had thought up, and so it's it's been with him his whole life, and uh, and it was just neat because he walks through like why the book took this long, and you know how they they were going to work on it, and then. Hayden was off doing video games and then he got a chance to obviously do Promethea. And so how could he say no to that? And then, then they thought about doing it and then, uh, Hayden was doing something and then, then he got picked, then he decided to do, um, uh, the Sandman overture and so forth, so on until they finally got to a point where they both had a chance to, to go back to it. And I just saw, so I just, it's always exciting to think about these immense talents who get a chance to do their dream thing, you know, because it's like if, if they can, if he can do what he's done doing work 
that wasn't his dream project. It was just for hire. <laughs> and then he gets a chance to draw his own dream project. It's like, man, it's going to be something amazing. And I, and I think it, I think it is going to be something amazing. You know, I don't know how long it's supposed to be. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. If, I know he's got a lot of it drawn already, but, but, uh, it was jaw dropping and like hyper violent, which was cool to see. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, but I, I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I just, uh, a hyped book that lived up to the hype for me. It's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I confess I'm not buying the single issues. Same. I get that. Oh, you guys are. Yeah, I get that. I just, I did, I didn't want to wait, but I'll, I'll, I'm definitely going to double dip. I'm sure that that'll be hard covered for sure. Right. And now I think I, I maybe picked the wrong path on this book because for what I, I, the reasons why I uh, I kind of countered your assessment of the guy's work is that um, it, it's exhausting for me in in big chunks. So I should have gotten wow. the single issues, but mm-hmm. uh, like reading a, a Batwoman omnibus would probably you know put me six feet under just because <laughs> the the art is so gorgeous and and extremely well done and and carefully planned and thought out and executed all that stuff that I just I mean. I can't do anything else. I, my, I have to have that laser beam because I'm looking at the, the application of the color or the line work, and it's like, ah, it's, it's, it's a treatise on, on how to do comics, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I should have got the single issues. But then, but, but uh, every, the following month, doesn't, uh, isn't there a, a black and white or deluxe edition of the previous issue? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So maybe you'll have an option for whether you want all the color or not in the collected. But yeah, no, it's it's. I, I definitely see your point, Vince. But you know, you don't have to read the whole thing all at once when you get the collected edition. Yeah, you don't. It'll look great it, on your shelf, but it, you know, it, it you does. Yeah, um, yeah. There's no leisure with this show. We have to. We have to <laughs> consume it entirely. We. You can't. You I can't come on and say, oh. I I've read the I've read half a trade. No, I right. Know, but so you talk about it when you finish it. There's no. We're not timing you. I thought it's I not, heard. It's not a book in a month. It's I not thought like, I heard a stopwatch. You didn't not for no. Maybe for the intro, but not for. Uh, oh, nice. The show. So. He, he never lets it go. Um. Uh, so <laughs> the uh, I'm going to tell you about one of the books I read. Oh, please do. Yeah, and. Uh, I don't know. You, you you may think it's pulled from one of from Jason's stack. I don't know. Um, but uh, here we go. It's it's a, an aftershock book. No, it's not an aftershock book. I'm wrong. It's a boom title. And uh, I'm glad I I actually pre-ordered this. I took a stab in the dark and I said, "Well, ah, the premise sounds kind of cool. Let me see what's up with this." And uh, I again. I was rewarded for taking a risk. It's written by Jude Ellison S. Doyle. I don't know who this person is, and that's a good thing. It's illustrated by A.L. Kaplan. You got color art by Fabiana Mascolo, assisted by Federica Mascolo. And the book is called Ma, M-A-W, Ma, of which this is the first issue. Um, we're in Virginia when the book opens, uh, specifically a place called Anjita Island. And I want to read that as Ajita Island, <laughs> which, which would be a good thing considering what happens. But anyway, 
uh, two sisters, Marion and Wendy. They arrive at this this women's retreat led by a spiritualist named uh, Diana Spiro. It's all about empowerment, overcoming trauma, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, no man is allowed to enter the compound, uh, save for the cab driver that brings the sisters. Uh, she, he's the only man to which uh, this Spiro character opens her gates. Um, but he still has to unload the passengers a good distance away from the actual heart of the site, right? So you got the sisters. Marion is dark and antisocial, uh, gothic-tinged, you know, the leather jacket, raven, raven black hair. Uh, but she's she's been antisocial for good reason. She was uh, she was gang raped uh, in the past. They put their cigarettes out on her. You know, you, you can. You can paint the picture. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but the perpetrators got off light. She had to go through the whole trial uh, ordeal. And you know that the opponents used whatever they could against her uh, to, to, to make their case. And she has a history of alcohol abuse. Uh, even though the trial ended in a guilty verdict, right? All of her troubles with alcohol was used by the opposition to make her look bad, right? It was, it was just a, a terrible ordeal for the, for the girl. Um, so she came to the retreat with her sister. Her sister basically, you know, come on, come with me. This, this could be good for you. And Marion's like, it's not going to be good. It's not. Um, so they get to the retreat, and uh, Marion uh, heads to the nearest bar to cope with all this, quote, bullshit she's she's enduring at the behest of her sister and and while she's at the bar somebody puts something in her drink and she wakes up on the beach with missing time so history repeats right uh her sister's name's wendy um she is the uh the yin to marion's yang wendy's innocent and even in physical appearance uh, she's the light to to Marion Stark. She's blonde and optimistic and wide-eyed and um there's there's something going on here uh with this. I I I don't know what yet, but I'm intrigued. Like the the terrible thing that happens to to Marion is is only the tip of the iceberg. Like the issue ends we don't know exactly what's going on because she she gets back from her her ordeal and she's taking a shower and and something clicks right but we uh, it's an unknown right uh throughout the whole issue there's a recurring image of blind justice you know with the scales and the blindfold um i'm i'm guessing it's a quest for justice for for this woman or these women where um, they have the you know there's the circle and and the women are telling about their 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 trials and their their ordeals and stuff and and they're they're helping each other but they're 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 searching for something and and whether it's just a way to to deal with their trauma or whether it's justice we don't know yet and I'm guessing that it leans towards the justice angle because we see it often in this first issue but there's a really strong lovecraftian undercurrent um uh 
they're at this this place and there are talismans and effigies hanging from a tree or or, or passed around and these things uh, the effigies are are things associated with the sea right there's crabs and squid and female humanoid creatures riding things of the sea uh, and, and then some of the visuals i got a midsummer vibe from it which is it's not a bad vibe i love that movie and i thought it, you know it's entirely fitting when, when you have um a woman women put into this situation where there's a there's there's something going on and we we haven't come to the root of it yet but i thought it was really fitting that the book is called ma because it, the book is decidedly from a female perspective right mm-hmm. and when i hear ma i think ma which is short for mother and i may be stretching this but i think there was much contemplation uh invested in the title of this thing uh i thought it was wonderful uh i don't have any answers as to what specifically the book is about yet um it it seems like i, I said a very uh a, a lovecraftian oceanic vibe mixed with female trauma and the quest for some kind of justice that's all i got right now that's all i need right um i'm i'm gonna keep buying it i want to know what's up but again this isn't my uh, lovecraftian angle aside this isn't my normal in my normal diet right my usual stuff but i thought it was wonderful and i'm glad i took a chance on it ma it looks good as hell yeah i like the art a lot um it's it's not um mignola esque in line work but the layouts remind me a lot of what mike does on the page so uh it's 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 a strange odd unsettling book that i i i i can't i can't define right now that's a good place to be right when, mm-hmm. when you when you can't just you know there's no, i don't think there's an elevator pitch for this i wouldn't be able to formulate one having read the first issue uh you know injustice perpetrated on women okay um uh, trying you know closure looking for some kind of closure okay but i'm sure there's going to be some kind of a supernatural or paranormal edge to it but i just don't mm-hmm. know what it is yet yeah gabriel rodriguez faces to me i, I like the, the, the eyes and stuff uh, yeah me of gabriel yeah is, and yeah. i and that's a huge compliment so, it's in the uh, wheel yeah, right I'm, I'm gonna check this out i like it i like it a lot mm-hmm. go figure right maybe you have a have some kind of influence over my decisions lately i don't know probably not but i maybe. see what you mean about the midsummer just because like that I see, like, I'm looking through, I see a variant cover here by Megan Cates that's, like, basically Midsummer with, with, with the, one of the women having tentacles and a, and an evil smile, so it's. Wow, so it goes yeah. there, I wonder. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't kind of, like, there's a, there's a, a panel that focuses on, uh, Marion's back when she's in the shower, and it doesn't, I mean, it looks like something's going on, like, her spine seems to be a little too accentuated, maybe a little too bony popping through the, the skin, but it's not like, it's not, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't look like Kelly Jones drew it. Like it's not that kind of spine. 
It's mm. it, it just looks like maybe she's skinny and and her bones are closer to the surface of her skin. I don't know. I don't know. But it, there's it, it's not it's not laser beam something some kind of transformations going on here. You don't get that feeling. Maybe someone else will reading it. I don't know. But uh yeah, it's I'm intrigued. It's just it's weird. Uh it's strange and uh I need to to read more. So <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What else we got, fellas? What do we got? Um, the hell? Let's see, what did I catch up with? Because uh, I didn't get to read a whole lot last week. Um, I did finish. I, I, I um. Before we got, before we settled down tonight, um, that's my new travels. I did uh, the last three issues, previous three issues, 65, 66, and 67 of uh, Justice League was um, weird, but I mean, still enjoyable. Parts of it went by a little quick. There's, 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 Seems to be a few things going on that uh, Bendis is juggling between um, Sinmar coming back to beat on Superman and, of course, taking on the entire Justice League at the same time. And then United Order show up. Um, the Justice League does, does seem to handle the crisis at the moment. Um the Phantom Zone projector comes into play, and then of course the United Order, which is the like newly minted um, defense unit for the uh, the United Planets. Um, they apparently they they seem to think they have the authority. Any any weapon, any device that they deem um, unnecessary or dangerous, uh, they could take and. Um, and they they want the Phantom Zone projector, and uh, that's where this issue ends. I don't know if the next issue, uh, if the United Order and and uh, and the Justice League are going to have to face off, or if they're going to um, just take the L and 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 dip back into space and leave Earth alone. There's also another story in the issue where we're introduced to Lois Lane's brother who is a member of Checkmate and Black Canary finds out that uh, not only is Oliver Queen bankrolling the Justice League, uh, he is also involved in Checkmate and, and she wasn't aware of this and um, she's not quite sure why her significant other is involved in this super secret spy organization. Um, so, of course, with the Checkmate miniseries going on at the same time and Leviathan, what, so, so Bendis is still able to tell the stories he was telling Um in the Superman books, but and there's also a bunch of death strokes running around and I'm not sure what that's about. I do. We, we haven't, they haven't said if, if uh, these are just a bunch of yokels dressed up as death stroke, or if these are uh, some whack ass clones that can't finish a job the way Slade does. I'm not, I'm not sure where, how that's going to shake out yet, but again, it's, um, it's pretty interesting, but seeing seeing everybody coming together because they even brought in the reserves to take on uh, 
to fight Sinmar. I mean, so you had Plastic Man or Firestorm, Captain Adam, and anybody else who might have been uh, Monarch at one point. They're all here to, to to help save the day. And and it was this this arc started off drawn by uh, Steve Pugh, and the l- recent two issues were um, penciled by Hester and inked by um, Eric Gasper. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, how about Hester getting to do Justice League, huh? Right? I mean, he, he's... Uh, and he does it well. It it really does. I mean, it, there's some some panels a little bit kind of looks like the old um, Scott McDaniel, which, you know, isn't isn't bad, but... Um, there, there's a lot going on the page, and and Phil tends to you know, most of the work I've seen him do over the years have kind of been you know solo character books. Um, so seeing him get to bust out and and uh, work those muscles and take a whole bunch of characters um, and big battles at that, it was uh, it was neat to see. So I was happy to see it. But yeah, it's it's um, I'm not. It's it's you know as soon as I see it I pick it up at the shop and 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 I get home and um, it is one of one of the books I read when I get it I don't I, I tend not to let this one stack up um, but it it is I I don't I'm enjoying it partly because I really really don't know where he's going and and in some cases I that that's similar to how his Avengers work was where Bendis was writing things and you're just, you're kind of just going along for the ride, but in a good way. I'm not, it, that, that's, that's not, it's not meant to be a, um, a knock. I just, I'm, I like not guessing where things are going. I mean, we've got conversations with, you know, Naomi and black Adam and, and, uh, you know, when black Adam is grabbing a bunch of justice leaguers and, and telling them, you know, follow me and this is where we're going to go. And, you know, Firestorm's like, yeah, we're totally following Black Adam's orders. That's that's a thing we're doing now. And it's it's there are things where you just, I, I'm, I am enjoying the, not surprise, but I'm just I, the unexpected avenues we may be going. I, I um, I'm digging it a lot. It's not necessarily, um, typical paint by number stuff and, uh. So I'm here for that, but yeah, it's it's uh, and then the Justice League Dark backups um, are pretty, but they're not always. And and Ramvi's telling you know a cool story. It's just you know it's it's Etrigan, it's Constantine, uh, it's Satana, and and they're going after Merlin. There's just some things it, it doesn't doesn't really click with me. It's 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 fine. It's it's a neat story and it looks cool, but um, that's. Justice League is dark is is not is not what I'm not what I came to see, but I, I am sure they're based on the characters in the book, in the story. Um, they're readers who were digging it, so Justice League I'm enjoying still. You gonna follow him over to Dark Horse? I I I am curious about um, was it Joy Operation? I I am um, I'm probably going to. Give the first issue a shot. I'm, I'm glad the, um, the Jinx World stuff, like the 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 old crime stories he he did back in the day for Caliber and whatnot. I I, I want to, uh, I'd like him to revisit those, and I, I'd like them to be back in print and available, um, so I can finally have a a real hard copy of them. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, he's, uh, Bendis is, aside from being a nice guy, he's, he's one of those people who I am, I am open to giving a shot, even if he's working with, with an artist that, you know, may not knock my socks off the concepts or the ideas are, are something that I'm interested in. And I want to kind of see, um, the people he's writing. I mean, even with cover and Scarlet and Pearl, I mean, he, he I'm always, Chances are it is a really good shot of me trying the first issue or two of, of something Bendis has written. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for the first issue. Nice. Jason. Vincent. What are you reading? Did we have a well, with uh, Amazing Fantasy and Kazar? Oh. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, okay, I, I thought we did. I mean, we didn't list. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, well, I didn't want to all to talk about it, but I'm guessing since you no, didn't... No, we can wait. Was... I, that's fine. I, it'll keep. Okay. Uh, I got to one. I didn't Which get to... One? I get. I read Kazar. Uh, I, I had a disappointing exchange on messaging apps with... Uh, Artist Herman Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Spend too much friggin' money on art as it is. I'm glad. <laughs> he works digitally, unfortunately. That's crazy. Well, that just means you can't get a page from this, but he can still do a commission, right? Well, assuming he ever has time to do commissions, right? Well, yeah. That he will. Well, it's a mini series. He'll have time in a couple of months. Yeah. Or maybe this is his entree into becoming the next. Uh, yeah. Well, they don't call them the Young Guns anymore. What do they call them? The uh, Stormbreakers or something? Stormbreakers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our new organic web shooters. These guys are great. Uh, uh, no, I, I think the latter's probably going to be true. Judging by the work he did in Kazar, yeah, I think he's going to be he's going to be put on a uh, top tier book real quick. Absolutely. Talk about being surprised. Uh, we're just trained when you have some passing interest in a Marvel or a DC B or C list character that's getting a mini, you kind of assume that there's going to be a house style, right? You hope it's going to be good, but you're more than likely prepared for the art to not knock your socks off. Sure. You yeah. just expect it to be functional and you're really there for the characters. Maybe you're there for the writer who knows. But in this case, I was not familiar with, with Herman Garcia going in and, uh, I don't remember if you said this on air last week, Vince, or when we were just chit-chatting, but I mean, this is one of those quote-unquote average big two superhero books that you open up and it's like, what is this breath of fresh air? I mean, <laughs> yep. it's just, his art was so unexpectedly wonderful. Um, so light and just, I mean, there's a Somni vibe to it to an extent. I mean, it's just, but so... Oh, it was, I just, I was just totally enraptured by it. I just was like, man, this is great. They're doing my characters right. Because I, I like, I, I mean, I, I like Shana a lot. I like, I like Kazar. We don't see them very often. And um, so I generally pick up their stuff. And I think my enjoyment of them probably stemmed from their loose affiliation with, um, you know, like the mutants and stuff back in the day and seeing them in those books. But um, I have to say this book, I'm thankfully for the editor's notes because in this book, like Kazar is not the Kazar that I knew last time I read him, right? Like he's, he's clearly got powers now. 
yeah. which is weird. He's he's basically like um, is it is it uh, Vixen in the DC universe? Is that her? That's her her name, right? The, the chick yeah. who can yeah, who can she can be any animal? Yeah, yeah. Like he's like Vixen now. He can basically be he he's kind of connected to Savage Land at a cosmic level, such that he can communicate with with Savage Land creatures. He can he can get imbued by their powers. Uh, and I guess all this happened in a in a Avengers event tie-in that I didn't read, um, and hence the editor's note. But, but yeah, I mean, I, the st- story was fine. Like I like it, the story was kind of what I expected. Just a, a hey, let's catch up with 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 Kazar and Shannon, tell a story in the Savage Land. But the art just 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 made it sing. So I, I you know. Yeah, definitely I, think it's worth people's attention if you didn't check it out, and even if you're just someone that waits for Marvel Digital, it's 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 one of those. I totally see this as being a book where a lot of people won't bother with because it's just Marvel and DC put out so much stuff. You're just like, ah, I don't need to read a Kazar miniseries. It's quote unquote not important, but uh, you check it out if you're if you're especially a fan of art. It's it's pretty special. Yeah, I think the art's incredible, um, and it, it sure. there's definitely a a, a classical edge to it. Right, like this kid seems to have been plucked from, you know, the the, the '60s when when guys did it right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, but I thought the uh, the whole um, Marvel's morphogenetic field, aka Animal Man thing, with what Kazar's got going on now, I, I think it's unnecessary. But to your point, when it looks this good. I'll swallow anything. Like, okay. <laughs> you know it's temporary, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So let them do whatever. Just like, man, I should have made that comparison. But Vixen came to mind because of him being imbued by the powers. But, yeah, it's more like Animal Man, basically. Right. And, yes, Shauna's gorgeous and just, uh, again, in, in a very old school way with the line. Like, I don't want to make comparisons, but there's a there's – a, uh, a composition uh there's an arrangement here that reminds me of toth a little bit not mm-hmm. not not in the blacks i'm you know what i mean just yep. just the way he 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 composed his panels and the, the 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 various viewpoints that he would litter his work with like this scene this guy this garcia seems like an old soul to me like he's he's either been doing this for a, a good long while or uh, i mean i don't know you, how do you how do you jump into the scene this good, right? It's it it's definitely a book where I thought that the the visuals were much stronger than the uh, than the narrative. But so I what? Agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they have like super suits now. Like they have the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah I, like which is weird because it's like, well, if you're if you're, but it's organic, so they they still look like loincloths. But they happen to yeah. right. they'll adapt if they're yeah. yeah if they're if they're if they're in near lava they can be protected from the heat if they if they're in the water they'll be waterproof but it's like they still look like loincloths it's like eh, okay <laughs> all right yeah and i think jesus size is that how you pronounce his last name size yeah I, or yeah, yeah or says I, I would say says but i don't i don't know yeah i i don't think the cover does the interior any justice because no. because if i saw this on the shelf i'd be like ah eh, same old shit from marvel right but you open it up, I and it's like, whoa. I kind of like the cover for the second issue for the coming next month. But, yeah, I, I don't know if it was because 
I remember reading um, the Greystroke Legend of Tarzan um, oversized comic from Marvel back in the day, which was drawn by Dan Spiegel. But I there are some panels that not always the figure work, but there's some things about it that reminded me a little bit. Of, I mean, Spiegel's lines are more. Um, this is more organic and flowy in in Kazar, but um, but there's there's just something I couldn't shake between the two. Obviously, there's the whole Tarzan analog, but um, no, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. It was it was a surprise, right? right and I'm you, you said it. Mind, Vince. You said it perfectly. Uh, the the Tarzan analog, isn't that enough? Right. Yeah. You don't right? need to add more. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It's a hat on a hat. Uh, if he's under thirty, don't even tell me. No, no, I'm going to blow your mind. He's 50. Nice. And he's been drawing comics for decades. He actually was the penciler on a few of the uh, of the Joe Casey cable issues. I don't remember those. Me neither. Yeah. I he have was them the, bound and everything. I should look into it. Yeah, I, he, he, he was... Uh, looks like he did... X-Men, he did X-Men like 77, 78, 79. He did uh, Cable number 52 for sure, because I'm looking at the cover now. It was uh, Joe Casey, Herman Garcia, and John Holridge is the inker. Um, the style was much different, man. It was yeah. 90s, big, blocky, That's probably because okay. he was trying to look like, but yeah, so so this style is just completely an anathema to what he broke in with, which Love is it. neat yeah. to see. Yeah, give me more of this. Yep. No, definitely. Yeah. So. Yep. He's an old head. Fifty's well, not old, but I get you. Well, in the art, I mean, in the part. comics game, it is though. Yeah. All right, everybody, let's queue uh, up our in your travels because if you enjoyed this, and we have to thank Mr. Matt King for. Uh, being here because yikes wow uh if you enjoyed this there's a whole mess of other eoc related stuff out there facebook twitter instagram reddit and please remember if you want to get your books get them fast get them delivered straight to your door go to discount comic book service dcbservice.com for books like croak number one from aftershock for two dollars and 49 cents Girl Scouts by Jim Mafu, number one of six. It's called Stone Ghost, the miniseries. Uh, will cost you a dollar ninety nine. And Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, number one from Dynamite. Again, dollar ninety nine. Uh, well, I'm gonna go there again because this book, at least until I tell you the hook, sounds like something Jason would read. Mm. Yeah, it's from uh, Scout Comics. And it's actually their free comic book day offering for this year. Uh, there are a number of stories in them. Uh, I really loved two of them. The third, I'm not going to talk about. But uh, the main story is a series called White Ash. I've never read it before. Uh, it is written by Charlie Stickney with art and letters by Connor Hughes and color by Finn Cram. And apparently... White Ash Season 2 is starting, and the first issue of which is now in the previews. So if this sounds like something you'd enjoy, uh, check out uh, the first issue coming soon. Order it. Just get it. But anyway, 
the book is called White Ash, right? And that's also the name of the town. And uh, you have a, a man called Thane. He's a, a, a he owns a mine. He's stinking rich. Um, and it appears that a large number of the denizens of White Ash are employed in Thane's mine, right? Mining town. Okay. Uh, we're repeatedly told throughout this issue that two months prior to the events of the issue, there was a, a big to-do. There was an accident in the mine. We're not told exactly what, but it seems the mine is closed for the time being, which leaves the population with not all that much to do. Um, this Thane character appears to be very, very concerned with the life and times of a young lady named Lillian. Okay? Lillian uh, is very much enamored with a young man named Alec. Um, and Thane is very protective of Lillian, doesn't want her anywhere near this Alec kid, uh, so much so that Lillian has to bribe one of the old man's men to sneak her off the premises to meet her her dude, right? Uh, Alec has recently lost his father, Gunther. I'm guessing in the aforementioned mine accident. Like, there's a lot of blank spaces in this for me. So, uh, this, it should be that way because I didn't read season one, right? Jumping in in season two is kind of hard. You got to do a little bit of researching. But anyway, so it sounds like the makings of a classic teen drama, Right? With a Shakespearean edge, there's a little Romeo Juliet going on here, but it, it sounds like you know it, it wouldn't be uh, offbeat in something like Dawson's Creek, right? Which I never saw. But anyway, <laughs> there's more because White Ash is not your average town. The place is host to races of beings plucked from mythology. Thane and Lillian are elven. Uh, the former is more than a thousand years old. The latter, uh, she's comely and has the pointy ears and everything. Alec is only half human. The non-human half, apparently, he has dwarven blood. Fitting for a town host to a mine, right? Um, plus, if, if a pair of drunken dwarves named Oswald and Cobb are to be believed, Alec seems to be avoiding some kind of responsibility to his people. I'm not entirely sure, but it seems that way. But Thane is also very concerned with this feral band of somethings called the Brood. And he surrounded the town with protective wards to keep these things out. Doesn't seem to be working all that well because um, there's a scene where, you know, we get to see one of these things in action. It slaughters two teens, two amorous teens. It's like, you know, the classic setup, have sex in the woods, you're going to die. Um, but what these brood are exactly remains a mystery, at least to one like myself who has not read season one. Um, but And then there's the standard, you know, teen trappings. There's a girl named Caitlin who's head over heels for Alec, uh, but she doesn't know about Alec's affection for Lillian, like stuff like that. But in the, the big picture is there's fantasy races running around in this town. So you got me, right? I want to know more. The art is just great. Um, I think um, Connor's, uh, Connor Hughes's art, there are times where he'll mm, get a little 
extra exaggeration on the faces and the figures, and I think it's great. But, you know, just check it out yourself. And the second story is written by the same, written and drawn by the same creative team. Charlie Stickney, Connor Hughes, but this time it's colored by Triona Farrell. It's a thing that's coming from Scout called The Game. And I've often thought about this. The premise is real simple. I won't get too in-depth into it because there's not really much to get too in-depth with now because they only give you a couple, you know, a bunch of pages. But um, what if your life was monitored and you were scored based on your decisions? That's the entire premises of the game. Like, it shows these two women kissing and one of them receives a high score because obviously she traded up in her game and one of them receives a lower score because I guess it could be considered slumming. I don't know. I don't know. But um, you get points based on your actions. And it seems the fate of the entire universe is tied to the life of this young guy named Eli Tanner. He's a contestant in the game. But and that and they leave that they leave it there. So I'm intrigued. I got to get this game book. But talk about the perfect tool to get me interested in two books that I had no idea. Right? Scout or um, White Ash has been published at least six issues because there's a trade paperback of the first season. So now they got me for two more books a month. There you go. Yeah, it's crazy. This is a very successful free comic book day book because they got, you know, two more sales. But, uh, yeah, Scout Comics, White Ash Season 2, and The Game. Really, really good. Word. Yeah. Very cool. Sorry it went a little long, but I think this, Whatever. These, these things deserve it. Good Lord. Shut up. Sit here and apologize. Just do it. <laughs> uh, any travels? Um I didn't get to finish that, so that's for next week. I finally, because um, it irked me that, uh, well, I'm just selfish, but uh, I know that, uh, and apparently Miss T. Franklin didn't know that it was going to be released uh, on the DC app before the actual print copy made its way to shops yesterday or this week. Um, Harley Quinn, the animated series, the Eat, Bang, Kill Tour number one is absolutely fantastic if you are a fan of the animated series you absolutely need to get this picks up uh after the second season and it is um it is an absolute blast it looks amazing it's 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 uh uh max aaron the their art is absolutely amazing i i i love the look of this book uh even without T's words the the uh the drawings do a fantastic job of letting you know uh what harley's feeling what she's thinking what ivy's thinking uh how pissed gordon is it's just it's it's fantastic from from start to absolute finish this is a mini series that uh i'm going to be sad when it's over and and i hope we get more as uh as the animated series continues um i hope we get another series during or after the third season, but uh, without a doubt, I, I absolutely recommend this. It it does have it does share the language of the cartoon, so uh, since there is some saltiness there, uh, expect some saltiness here. Which you know, I mean, it's it's crazy how 
here is a standard size comic you can find on the shelf. It does say, you know, age of 17 plus, uh, where they're going full on with the language and, and the, uh, the mature situations. Whereas there's a black label Superman versus Lobo book. And, and it, it might as well be tamer than PG 13, but, um, it is what it is. I guess this, this was, uh, this was great. I absolutely am. Um, I was in to begin with, but after reading it, um, there's just no two ways about it. I may, uh, double dip on this when the trade comes out, but this was, um, this is great from seriously. I, I can only say that so many times, but it, it's just, it's if you're a fan of the characters based on the cartoon, then you need to, um, you need to get your hands on this without a doubt. First issue came out, uh, this week. I believe the second issue is already available on the, uh, on the app, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't have the app and I, was waiting for the uh for the copy to show up at the shop so as soon as i uh, as soon as i came home with it yesterday uh it was the first thing i read and i absolutely loved it nice uh in your travels two things one uh, if you aren't already check out why the last man on uh well fx or hulu mm. uh depending on your preferred method of watching shows these days but uh I watched the first episode with the fam last night and they were pretty salty at me because of how unbelievably gory it was. Oh, um, I was like, and, and it, it's very different than the comic because in the comic, we're just set into the reality that all men are dead. Uh, in this, we, we very much, the first issue is the uh, first episode shows us all the men dying. <laughs> so mm. it's uh, quite gory. And I had to assure them that, uh, that should be peak bloodshed given, the type of, of 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 story it is beyond that, but uh, yeah, really well done. Like huge budget, man. I, I, I man, I, it's just comic adaptations have come a long way. I, I, it seems like they spent an absolute fortune on the show. Um, really dig the casting. I really felt like they they were pulling Pia Guerra's characters right off the page and uh, giving them life. So it was it was pretty neat. Um, and then on the book front, I will. Um, I had it here on my list, and then in a bit of serendipity, uh, Matt King actually mentioned it as one of the few big two books he reads right now, and that is The Eternals by Kieran Gillen and Asad Ribic, and I'll throw uh, and also Dustin Weaver because the uh, the first arc of Eternals, which was which was Kieran and Ribic one through six, is complete, uh, and then this week we got a one shot called Eternals: Thanos Rises number one, also written. Uh, by Kieran, but drawn by the uh, incredible Dustin Weaver, who we do not get to see often enough. Mm. Um, and so the the arc itself, I talked about the first issue, and I've implored people to read this. Uh, Ribic is at his very best. He looks phenomenal. But I just really dig the take on the Eternals. Um, I mean, the, the premise is, you know, they, they have been around for tens of thousands of years. They uh, have been basically awoken uh, to handle a crisis, uh, and in the midst of that, uh, Zurus, the, who's basically their king, uh, is murdered by Thanos. And the thing about that is, uh, they don't they figure out that Thanos only was able to get to Zurus because of effectively using their system of teleportation. 
but they only the only beings that can use that system are eternals themselves and he's not a pure eternal um so they're very confused and it they quickly decide that it's a murder mystery like there has to be an eternal who is uh rigged the system to allow thanos to come in and do this and uh so the the first arc is basically some of the key eternals trying to figure out why uh what thanos is up to why he would be doing someone else's bidding who would be powerful and calculating enough to get thanos to do their bidding uh and uh, we get resolution to that i will not give you any hints as to it because it's like i said it's a mystery and it's a well-executed murder mystery through six issues and uh we even get uh we ever you can get scenes with my man gilgamesh uh although he looks very different than he did when he was an avenger he's not a conan looking dude with a white loincloth he's he's actually got a pretty badass uh like uh armor with like a metal helmet it's it's cool it looks very different but in any event loved 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 the first arc and then the uh the one shot that came out this week is thanos's origin story we see his parents who they are how they got together and uh what happens when they give birth to this vile disgusting creature who doesn't look anything like them and uh and and how that leads to uh the Thanos becoming Thanos, and it's a little, it's a, it's interesting. It's a little bit of a critique or a, or a thought piece on nature versus nurture, and I'm sure everybody listening has their own thoughts on that. I know I do, so I'll leave I'll I'll, I'll leave those pontifications for another time. But it's interesting. I mean, Gillen's kind of implying that like Thanos was like doomed to be evil because of the way he was treated as a as a young buck, but. It's interesting. Um, but either way, I really, really dig what they're doing here. And I don't feel like there's a lot of buzz over it. And it bums me out because I think it's without question one of the best books Marvel's putting out right now. Like without, like I don't even, I can't even, I couldn't even give you five others. I think they hold a candle to it. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So check out the Eternals. It's going to, we're going to get more. It's, it's continuing on. Unrelated, uh, Jason, have you ever read Gilgamesh 2 by Jim Starlin? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll have to look for it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh it's it's really good, but yeah. It's it's in the same wheelhouse too. With the the whole nature nurture thing. Yeah, I need to reread it. Yeah, I, I, we're we're, we're going to look for it at uh Seattle or New York. Or New York. I mean, yeah, it should be easy to move around hopefully. My copies Dude, are Dude, I think there's going to be like 10 people there. It's going to be us and like five other people. Whatever. No, I'm saying it could, could be fun. I'm saying it's going to be, there's going to be, yes. like, they finally came out with the Artist Alley list uh, yesterday, which, which uh, for those that don't go to cons often, it's really strange for them not to have the exhibitor list up three weeks before a major con. Um, and I think our supposition was that uh, it was because they were having trouble nailing down a full roster of exhibitors and artists. And I think that that's been confirmed now. But the frustrating thing is that they put the list up, which is great, finally, except the list is just chock full of artists that have already said they're not coming. So, like, it's like, and then on the flip side, there are a ton of uh, lesser known artists that are were given late tables, um, and they're all thrilled about it. So they're like, oh, I got a table, you know, even like people like, uh, like, like Dap, like uh, Schlepsig, like even he got a table. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, and you know that. these are people that don't normally get offered tables near a comic con, which is good. Like that's cool, but the thing is, is they're not on the list. So clearly, this list that they put out yesterday has not been updated for the last few weeks. So I don't know. It's a Like I have no idea who's actually going to be there, who's not. Like 
of the people that were listed, Josh Cassara was listed. So I pinged him because, you know, I really like his work on X-Force and I've gotten mm-hmm. a few pages from him because he draws my girl. And I was just like, oh, man, it'd be great to see you, you know, uh, finally put a face to a name and everything. And he was like, oh, it's great to hear from you, but I won't be there. <laughs> I'm like, great. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, like all the Cadence people that are listed, uh, Andrew and Paolo have already come out and said, no, they're not They're not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting experience. Well, it'd be nice to not, you know what? Number one, we're going to get good deals. Two, it'd be nice to walk the aisles and not have, uh, you know, the Ajita. So that's for sure. Yeah, I'd be, I mean, I know we've talked. I, I it's going to be limited capacity, but I don't know what that means, right? Like, does that mean there's going to be a hundred thousand people instead of one hundred and eighty? Does that mean there's going to be ten thousand people? Like, I, I don't. Like it, it can't be small enough that like it wouldn't be worth for the, it. It wouldn't be worth for them to have this con at the Javits if if they're going to have you know, 10,000 people, right? Like that just wouldn't they'd right. lose their, lose their shirts. So I just don't know. I don't know what's, I do think it's going to feel, my guess is on Thursday, it's going to feel like a preview night. And on Saturday, it's going to feel like, like a Thursday or a Friday, you know? Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, what were you going to say about uh, your copy of uh, Gilgamesh 2? My, all my single issues are, Autographed by Mr. Starling. Nice. Yep. La I feel, I feel well, okay, Mr. I got twenty five thousand pages of OA. I can say I got books signed. But anyway, you know what? When you said why the last man, I never yeah. got the title before. Wow. Oh, interesting. Okay. Seriously. I never got like why the last man? Why? Why is he the last man? I never I it's never a picked. triple play, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's Y chromosome. It's oh it's sure, y. yeah. It's yeah. Y is in Y, and then it's his la- his name is Yurik. Right. Yeah. Well, see, I I was going with the first two, mm-hmm. the chromosome and the, and the name, but why? Duh. Why the last man? You stupid fool. I am. I'm sorry. What else was I going to say? Oh yes. Um. You know, we mentioned uh, Tales to Enlighten many, many, many times, and and the name was brought up, but I got to give props to our man Daniel White. For his page, because he's oh, yeah. he just annihilated that that pinup. Coking is fantastic. Yeah, of course he's going to draw Batman and Robin. Right, exactly. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, I'm so stunned that Daniel White drew the the Robin analog <laughs> with the lizard dick. <laughs> there you go. All right, everybody. Hey, uh, we didn't mention it, but there is a Patreon page if you want to go there and check it out. Patreon.com forward slash eleven o'clock comics. Uh, crazy stuff going to be happening. Uh, not only in the wake of of NYCC, but uh, as we inch closer to uh, the final months of the year, we're going to open it up for everybody just to see what goes on. So you'll love it. Hopefully, check it out. Patreon.com 11, uh, forward slash eleven o'clock comics. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> Crack it open like a uh, cadaver sternum. Yeah. Okay. Like Newt. Like Newt. Tell your friends where they could find us. Uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you uh, yeah, fill your ear holes. Fucking Apple does not make it easy to find a podcast. It's ridiculously convoluted. You don't think? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I, I long for the days when it was all in one. The music, the podcast, everything in one application. 
why would you need a separate podcast application? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I don't know. I like I like the old stuff. Whatever. Um, so there you go. Uh, yeah. In the whole meantime, you know what you got to do. You got to take it down. Uh, uh, right. Let's get a little bit of accompaniment here. The witch drums. Bring out the witch drums. David. Oh. That was easy. Good night. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the insurance adjuster came and I had to show him the boxes of comics I lost. Uh, yeah, it was not. Mm. It was not a pretty sight. And he's going, Stay. oh, yeah. He goes, X Force, you got any new, new mutants? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Just <laughs> shut up. Yeah. But uh, there you go. We love you, people. Hope you come back next time. We'll be here waiting for you. Go out and multiply. Oh, indeed. That's it for that one. <laughs>